hello welcome to waiting for game podcast presented to you by melee stats and hello and welcome to a new year presented by melee stats uh man this is gonna be a really fun episode we're, we're really starting the year off right ringing in the new year with some good friends and uh some classic topics melee stats was built on the idea of ranking players in an ordered list and by god we'll die on this hill uh it's been a it's been a little bit of a year you know 2021 was a was probably one of the most interesting years for melee that we've seen since uh hey 2020 um but but definitely it was something where in a in a full year we would have seen some some really crazy uh results and some really crazy storylines and i think that the truncated version that we got to see in 2021 was super interesting so i'm i'm really excited to talk about what we have seen this past year and maybe look to what's coming in the new year and uh to do it i'm doing it with a great friend of mine wonderful co-host a marth from massachusetts known as edwin budding you didn't think i was going to talk about you did i I know I, 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 I a great friend and you got you were sure that it was not you. I it was just a very strange prolonged uh, introduction but I'm really happy to be here. I think we got a great episode coming up ahead of us. Um we I love talking about rankings with you. I'm ready to go into all the things we agree on, all the things we disagree on. I'm excited to bring up all the hot topics of the uh, of you know the last year, and I'm really happy that we have Me- Melee Stats Extended Universe member Dark Genix or- over here. You know, I-, I think out of everyone in the world, and even you know, dare I say, you know, even some even some people in Melee Stats, there's not many people that I would rather talk to about rankings than both Wheat and Dark Genix. How are you doing tonight, Dark Genix? I'm doing great. Uh, I really appreciate the intro as well. Uh, I actually also thought that Wheat was not uh, introing <laughs> you. I, I got kind of blindsided myself too. But yeah, I, I love rankings. Uh, I love talking about rankings. And I think as someone who's been a, like a, I think a part of the Melee Stats uh, extended universe over the last year with like with seeding and like looking at results and such, I think that this is definitely a, a really good episode that we're going to have tonight and get into the, the meat of these rankings before they're officially released damn well we all think it's gonna be a great episode mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh so we got a lot of expectations on us but no i think this is gonna be great um so yeah to to preface it you know for anyone who has not seen this i i feel like anyone who follows us kind of knows what's going on uh in terms of rankings but this year we are going to see probably two rankings that are going to be like kind of bigger than normal um bigger than any others that might trickle out we're going to see the one that i i guess is quote-unquote unofficial or uh, official um which is the pgr contenders that is going to be a list from pg stats who've been doing the uh the top 100s for the past couple years it's going to be a little different it's going to be a top 30 list and it's going to be tiered so we're going to see uh i believe there's five tiers of players that we're going to see uh and in between tiers they are unranked um so that should be really interesting that's a like a really novel way of kind of putting this uh five ish months six months uh that we've seen of results kind of into a a list without really putting into a list and then the other side you've got the bad boy of melee you've got blur blur decides to throw this all out he says who cares if there's only six months of results we're getting a goddamn list um so we're going to talk about blur rank as well briefly um so that should be something interesting now i will say the three of us all have been approached to be panelists for all three 
So we've got some very fun stuff here. Uh, we've got lists. We, we all made our ballots and we all um, have agreed to to show them off live. I don't actually think that uh, Dark Genix agreed to show his... I, I didn't ask him if he wanted it to be publicized, but uh, but it will be. So yeah, uh, it's already in the slides. It's it's too far gone at this point, uh, but I appreciate you playing along. Um, awesome. But yeah, let's let's talk about what I think was, um, you know, the obviously the the biggest thing that everyone talks about is you know top top five, top ten stuff like that. Um, let's reveal our top ten players of the year. This is uh, you know something that we all looked hard at the data and um... wow, <laughs> so much discrepancy. <laughs> A lot of Look, big disagreements. Yeah. Look, I have to say it. We're we're all geniuses. We all, you know, uh, uh, for you uh, for you at home who are listening to the audio version of this, um, we have revealed our lists, and they are all exactly the same for the top ten. Amazing. Um, but let's let's go off, uh, Edward. Why don't you take the uh, take the reins for the top ten? Why don't you read off who we have? Sure thing. So all three of us. Had the same exact top five as as a uh, mentioned, you know, as part of having the same top ten. Our top five was Mango at the top spot, Zane in the second spot, IBW in third. Then we had Plup and Wizardrobe to round out the top five. Um, then we got Amsa at six, Hungrybox at seven, Sfat at eight, Polish at nine, and Kadoran as our number ten. So there's a lot to uh, kind of jump off here. But the first thing uh, I I think which is natural to bring up was the discussion for number one. I want to ask you two, was, was there ever a doubt in your mind that it could possibly go Zane's way or did we, or did we just unanimous unanimously agree that Mango had won it by virtue of winning the, you know, land major. Um, I mean, for me personally, looking at, I mean, so there weren't a lot of results this year, right? We have very limited data. A lot of what we saw for, at least for the pre-GR, or the PGR contenders, rather, it's pretty limited. There's not a lot of data, like we said. Um, Zane had very good, consistent performances, and out of the entire field, was the most consistent, actually. Mm -hmm. But in regards to, like, peak performances, and I know placements don't really matter, but in terms of, like, actually, the head-to-head -head and placements, Mango both did better at the two tournaments they both attended. And because neither of them attended Smash World Tour, and because there wasn't very much data in general, I think that Mango, in terms of land results, like, he was there. And I, I also would not be surprised if anyone did put Zane 2. I definitely thought about it for a little bit. It wasn't like, okay, Mango is very obviously the number one. There's no contesting whatsoever. Like, Zane's consistency is something to be talked about. I think that... I feel like I think most people put IW3. But between the top two, I could definitely see people putting Zane above, even if I did put Mango 1. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about this is um, it's like a summer rank, right? This is what we're looking at here. We're looking at, uh, I think Summit was in July, but even mm -hmm. then it took a little bit for, for other stuff to come about. But we probably saw about five to six months of results here. Uh, and because we are in a pandemic that is continuing to go on, we do have people who are like definitely taking that into consideration and we really have not seen a lot of Mango and Zane at events. Mango went to only two events. He went to both summits of the year. Uh, Zane added in, he did those two and he added in the um, Smash, Smash World Tour, Tour NA East regional finals um, or whatever it was officially called. 
but yeah, like we, we're not going off of a ton of data here. So it's, it's really tough to, to make a definitive decision. Um, when you look at something like this is looking at the year behind us and not looking at the year that's ahead of us, which that could be completely different. But when you look at like what we already saw, um, Manga won a major. He won one of the most stacked tournaments of the year, even if it wasn't an open bracket tournament. And he got second at another one. And like Dark Genix said, placements don't really matter. But when you get to winning a major, when you get to first place, that's a place that kind of matters. Uh, and while Zayn did win the you know the other tournament that he attended that Mango did not, it's kind of tough to make like a hard call on on Zayn doing better. He did have the better records, I will say. Like if you were to take Agreed. all these records and put them through the entire year, like twelve months of results. Um, that would probably be enough for number one. You know, um, Mango had losses to Amsa. He he lost to Sfat. You know, he had these losses to players that I don't think are bad that we have in our top ten, as everyone can see, but are probably not something that I would see Zane consistently dropping to. Um, if we to read it, see, you know, ten tournaments from each. But uh, but yeah, that being said. It's like it's uh, one of the weakest number ones that we probably had to give, but you know I wouldn't really fault Mango for that. It's just kind of that's what happens when you can only have a few tournaments and you your number one only goes to two of them. Uh, but winning Summit, I think, is really, really important. Uh, I mean, if Zane won Summit 12, then I would give it to him. Yeah. But uh, What if he just really won Losers Finals? If he won that Losers final set with Mango... Does I'd probably that, do the very that... cheeky tying at number one. <laughs> oh, I mean, ultimately, when the rankings here. when the rankings come out, I'm pretty sure they're going to end up being in the same tier regardless. So I feel like yeah, there won't th be a one. But fair enough. I think that most people are going to end up saying this was the year of Mango. Like this was Mango's number one year, even if he's not officially number one on the PGR contenders list by virtue of being tiered. So yeah, it's a it's it's a hard year to to really have a definitive number one but um the closest thing we had was was mango and i think that's what's important here is that like mm -hmm. this was the closest and uh and i think that you know him and zane uh were ahead of the rest how far apart do you think uh you would have ibw and those two because on the on the pgr so the blur rank you just rank it pgr for anyone who doesn't know you give them a, a ranking on like a, a like a numerical number you don't have to reveal how far you guys have them away um but i had zane and mango super close and a pretty sizable chunk before i had ibw i think he's really good i, I had a sizable chunk after uh in between ibw and plup but he's kind of like in his own little island right now right um if he were to end up in s for the pgr contenders i think that's that's fine if he were to end up in S plus, I think that's fine. You know, like it's, it's hard for me to definitively say that he's with Mango and Zane right now. Um, but it's like, he's definitely above the plup Wizzy tier that we've seen. So like, what do you guys think about his performance this year? I mean, so you can go, sorry. Okay. So I think the IBW that won summit 12, was able to beat Mango and Zane in a row is a very different IBDW than the one from earlier in the year who is, who is, you know, like who, who seemed like he had done really well online, but at his first major event, he had a bit of a setback losing to someone that he usually beat. And then he, obviously he had that main stage performance right before summit. 
So I think that it really depends on whether you want to view it in terms of like evaluating the accomplishment of winning a super major and that placing him in that top tier, or whether you want to kind of take a look at his whole year cumulatively and, uh, and see where his records are. I, I could personally see the argument for him in either S plus or like the, the tier right, right beneath it. But as, as it stands, I think even if you have him in the tier right beneath it, the, the feat of winning summit 12 and defeating the two best players in the world is something that, you know, like we haven't seen Plup do that this year. We've seen Wizzy come, we've seen Wizzy do that, but online and in a single bracket, like single, single elimination bracket. So I think like based on records and cumulative accomplishments, I think no matter how way you put it, or even just like a balance of both, I think IBW is a pretty clear three. And uh, it's just whether he's at the top of one tier or the bottom of another, I think depends on, on how you, um, how you view his trajectory. Mm-hmm. I think that ultimate, like, in regards to the results, I mean, he's the most active of the three, which is something to be yeah. said in regards to mm-hmm. why he also has some losses. He does have the only, I mean, granted, it is only one loss, but he is the only person of the three to have a loss up to a player outside of the top 10, being Ginger at main mm-hmm. stage. And I think that it's just worth noting that it's like, we can't really say for certain, like, if Mango and Zane were to enter more tournaments, would they have losses similar to that? If IBW entered Leicester, if he didn't go to main stage, would that have happened, et cetera? And it's like, I think that noting the accomplishment of going to a lot more, but also being able to perform at that level is really good. But it's like, he's not, I don't think he's for this year at the same, I guess, like, if there's like a mountain, I don't think he's at the same top as Mango and Zane. He's definitely above the rest of the field. And I would probably put like a little bit of a gap between him and the Zane Mango tier and then a gap afterward. Mm-hmm. But in regards to this year itself, I don't think that he is in the same i guess general tier of those two granted like like you said he could definitely be in the same tier as them when the pgr comes out i don't actually know how loose or tightly defined the tiers are going to be i believe it's like five tiers if i'm not mistaken so if it's only five tiers i would be very shocked if he's not in that same tier but i don't know if it's like very strict tiers or something like that i would definitely give like an s plus to mango zane and then an s to ibw yeah, um, I, I think what you bring up is, is a great thing. You know, this is stuff that we go over in like normal years that we used to go over, I should say. Um, it's like, how do you factor in someone who attends a lot? Because, you know, if you it's like this tightrope game that you're kind of walking, right? Um, if you only attend like four events or something, uh, you, you know, a bad event is a bigger percentage of that. Um, but also, like, we've seen a lot of players who enter a lot of stuff and will have worse losses right that's just what happens um mango has not had the opportunity to really be like faced with a lot of the same stuff that ibw has um and like like i said i think mango this past year has performed as a better player than ibw uh but like i wouldn't necessarily hold ibw's what fifth at main stage against him because i could see mango easily getting fifth of course yeah exactly exactly um but yeah i i this is all stuff that i think I don't think. I know that we're in agreement on because we have the uh, the same exact list. Um, so let's go on a little further down because I think there's a lot of stuff that after a certain point gets a little it's a little more amorphous, and I think that um, people might not agree with the top th- with with the other things we have as much as people agree at the top three. Can um, I just bring up one thing really quickly in regards to IBW? Yeah. First of all, um, so for Mango Zane Cody, uh, Mango went to two tournaments. Zane went to three, and Cody went to five if I'm not mistaken. 
And it's just because of the limited amount of data we have, it's like the amount of losses that a player has, it's just very hard to, I guess, weigh that in mm-hmm. when there's just such limited data. And also, in comparison to both Mango and Zane, Cody... I mean, I know you both agree with me. I'm just like, just want to solidify it. But he also has other losses that the... like. I guess Mango in the round robin pool does have that to some extent. But Cody also has like lost to Polish, lost to, as strange as it sounds, losses to Hbox, which are bad in 2022 if you're a top three player. And it's, yeah, it's not just the one ginger loss. I just want to make that really clear. Yeah, yeah. He, he's definitely have some losses to some people who are a little further down this list. Um, but yeah, let's let's go down a little further in this list. I think that... Um, I don't really think I have to spend a lot of time on Plup and Wizzy. Plup and Wizzy, both people who won majors, you know, whatever, if you consider uh, main stage and Smash World Tour finals a major, uh, both of them have done that. Plup just kind of had better overall placements and and better records than uh, Wizzy did. I think Wizzy had a bunch of fifth places. He had like fifth place like three times in a row. Uh, ended up like eviscerating HBox to win main stage and got second to him. Um, I think like it was a three one three one was the the winners finals grand finals uh, at Smash World Tour. So I don't know if you guys want to go too much into Wizzy versus Plup because I feel like that's kind of a cut and dry one as well. But uh, if you obviously have some opinions, Edwin, now would be the time to say something. <laughs> yeah, so I, I th- we talked about Plup versus Wizard uh, on our last show. So I, I think you you pretty much na- nailed it. Like all the reasons why we why we would have Plup ahead of Wizard. Uh, the only thing I would add is that uh, oh man, if you if you watch Plup versus Wizard this year, uh, it's been really brutal. Like Plup has smacked him down so bad. It honestly. Uh, you know, I'd have to think about it in terms of, like, when I would expect Wizzy to take a set on him or, like, what would need to go right. But honestly, like, the way that some of the sets have gone, it looks as bad or, like, as as hopeless as, like, Mango used to look for him. It's, see, like, this is what, very This is what we need ugly. to see. That's, like, the plup we talk about. We talk about the when plup is, like, locked in. Uh, that's the plup that's scary. It's the plup that's not locked in that, that doesn't really feel that scary. Mm. But... We saw a lot more of the plup that was locked in this year, and for that reason, I think that this is like a a little bit of a quiet return to form for him. And I think what is coming in the new year, he's got ample opportunity to build on this. Um, also, historically, plup has done really well against Resort, but this year specifically, their sets have been like just really, really brutal. Yeah, because I I think that with Wizzy getting really better, uh, we weren't really sure about how this would go. Wizzy, kind of the type of person to catch plop on a bad day i think i think zane and wizzy both have the ability to um capitalize on on plop underperforming and doing really well versus him uh because i i think generally the you know the consensus might be that plop is winning versus wizzy and zane uh but then you'll see those sets where he just looks really off um but i, I mean hey we'll we will have to see uh let's let's go down because i think this is something i have more to talk about we have um the rest of the list right here gets a little juicier and it starts with number six the honorary uh north american (laughs) 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 the the pgr is going to have a north america list and a european list which is why leffen is not on the list uh for those who are watching and not seeing his name on there um before we go further do you guys like leffen would be in a blur rank um he did make you know did qualify for blur rank he would be in this tier for me personally i have left in just below amsa but above hbox i don't know where you guys have him 
I had him above Amsa, below Wizzy. Mm. I would have him, if it was only talking about Lan, I would have him between Amsa and Hbox. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's a pretty good so we to talk about this next tier that we're going to be looking at. Um, what we've been seeing from Amsa is, like, probably, you know, it, I want to say it's the best we've ever seen from him, but he does this all the time, right? He always comes back and performs at levels that we really, like, are not sure if they're possible to, up uh, to like, keep up, but he continues to do so. Um, he does have that loss to Triff. Like, he's not immune to this type of stuff. Uh, his placements, if you do look at placements, he's not really getting to the point where he is in contention to get into grand finals or to win uh just yet unfortunately like how brackets have stacked up for him it's been a little rough but in terms of wins like it is hard to discount someone who has wins on a number one player right he's we're the talking... only player positive on the number one player yeah we're talking about a guy who's <laughs> 2-0 on mango um and like say what you will about mango versus amsa that's uh, amsa has oddly enough been a kind of a demon for mango in the past few years it's still something that I think is really good. And I think that like how he does versus other players below this uh, ends up being pretty good as well. So for that reason, I go Amsa. If Leffen were in the mix, I think Leffen could really easily vault himself up higher. We just didn't really see it. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Edwin, what, what would you put, uh, like what would be the, the basis to put Leffen above Amsa in your mind? Uh, I mean, frankly, I think that AMSA still has, like... So if we take a look at some of AMSA's lows this year and, and what little or what few events he's gone to, we have what? Like, we have an HBOX loss. You know, it, it's funny. Every, everyone forgot about that first HBOX set because of how badly he beat HBOX the yes. second time. It's very easy to forget that they're actually split in records this, this yeah. year against each mm. other. And, you know, we, we, what, what, the only set we saw, Leffen versus Hungrybox, Leffen beat him pretty solidly. So do I think that Leffen, if he played HBox twice, would he drop a set? I mean, maybe, but frankly, I, I doubt it. So some of it has to do with what I saw with Leffen against HBox and against the field. We saw Amsa beat Laud, which is a really big step forward, like, you know, historically for him and in terms of, like, how he can continue to perform against that kind of player. But do I think that that would be the kind of accomplishment that we'd come to expect from Leffen. Uh, no, I, I don't think so. And is and do I think Leffen would, like, if Leffen played eight sets with Triff on land, do I think Leffen loses one? You know, I think Triff is really good, but frankly, no. So a lot of it has to do with my preconceptions of Leffen heading into Summit. Mm, and so you admit that you're biased. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but, but, that's, but that's part of this. Like, I, I wanted to... I can't evaluate Leffen like he's a completely new player. This is someone that, you know, we, we saw play his sets at Summit and just looked a tad, like, just looked a small step behind some of the, peop some of the people ahead of him. I, I really yeah, think... What, for what it's worth, like, all three of the Leffen losses being Wizzy... I mean, even in the best of three, you count that too. Um, Wizzy, Cody, Mango were all game five. So it's like, there is definitely... Like you can definitely see Leffen is a player who could be anywhere between the one through five range if he were to go to more. It's just yeah, with the data that we like, I would have put Amsa higher because with the data that we had, it's like Amsa had the same wins and better wins. Yeah, but he also went to more stuff. When you look at something that is going to like determine what's about to happen, like seeding, um, I think it's really fair to look at Leffen's like performance at Smash Summit twelve as being 
just a hair away from being like this big return. Um, and even, you know, I think he did well. I think he did really well. Like uh, he, all those players that he lost. So I thought those sets were good, but if you just look at them as year end, like determining rankings, um, stuff like close sets, stuff like that, you know, it doesn't really determine stuff for me in terms of rankings. Um, so yeah, I think that that's why me and you, uh, dark gen X, we're, we're going to be a little closer to having mm. left in there. Um, that being said, I wouldn't put too much thought into a placement of someone who entered one land event in Europe, uh, which he like, you know, pretty easily won. And then, and then obviously had the pretty shaky, a little bit rusty, but still overall good performance at summit. Um, uh, yeah, it's just something that where like, it put a gun to my head, make me rank him. I'll put him there. But, uh, if he were on the PGR, I'd probably abstain. Mm-hmm. There is Ow. a player on, sorry, there is a player yeah. who we, 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 we talked about a little bit before. There is another, like, there's a player who is probably not going to be in the PGR in total, who I think most people have stained on, uh, Moki, who we all, like, have this notion that he's, like, really, really good. But because yeah. of the few events he's attended and lack of data, it's very hard to accurately put him in that range, which is why a lot of people abstained. There's yeah. also a player I put in the 11 to 20 range who I think had enough data, but I don't think that data accurately represented that person's skill, but I did put that person lower than I think that they are because of I'm that. Exci- I'm excited to get into <laughs> it. We'll, we'll, and there we'll is a player that, that you'll notice into it. in my 11 to 20 that I could not bear to put, oh to put him lower. Than I think we're talking about the same person too. <laughs> yeah, if, if only because the one everything. format of Melee that we had that we agreed counted for at least a little bit. He was so excellent on before uh, just... Okay. We're, talking we're not even talking about this guy yet. You've become... We're... I want to say this. You've become everything that you've sworn that you used to hate in Melee. And now... you Look, look at a mirror <laughs> for dude. once, Edwin. We're going to talk about it later. When you get into talking about how, how you weigh it. online ranks, online sets. We're going to talk about that later. But until then, take a good hard look at yourself. Um, and hey... Talking about people who uh, might be taking a good hard look at themselves, we have our consensus number seven. Uh, formerly consensus number one for three straight years. <laughs> I think Hungrybox's performance over the past, you know, two years, uh, it's hard to follow Melee and not have an <laughs> opinion on that. Uh, he's he's definitely someone who... It's about the narrative. <laughs> like, he's he's a very very um interesting narrative that he's given us over over the path uh you know path that quarantine has brought us uh but in terms of what we've seen from him in person i think hungry box is someone who's good someone who's pretty someone who's really good but not what he was before uh i think we're all in agreement on this i think that hbox's new role that we've seen him in 2021 which might not even be in 2022, 2022. He might break this. You know, I, I don't even know. I, I'm not going to count him out, but he's a bit of a, a, like a gatekeeper here. He is the type of guy who, if he plays the people who are ranked above him, um, you know, plop Amsa, those are going to be a little, like, I think that he has got a pretty okay chance to take those sets uh, over the course of time. But the other guys here, it's like, you know, if he plays a player who's above him, it seems really, really hard. And if he plays a player who's below him, with the exception of Polish, I guess, um, he seems to be like really favored. So he's kind of this interesting place right here where I don't think that HBox is as bad as some people think he is. Um, 
but like it's hard for me to really put him higher maybe i could put him above amsa you know i I do think that the sets that he has against people who are below him uh like your you know s2j's your nuns your s-fats people who i do think are really good um kadorian of course he beat him at main stage uh i do think that his pretty solid set record against people below him is really good but without the ability to take sets off of the people above him in this year uh it's really hard for me to look at this and and say that he deserves to be any higher um what do you guys think i mean for what it's worth he does have sets on cody wizard and amsa so it's not like true it's like he can't take sets off of one through six he is negative or even with those players, as well as being negative to Mango Zane. But I think, I mean, I, I feel like the narrative that it's impossible for him isn't actually true, but it is like, it, he has definitely embraced this role, in terms of like, in the rankings at least, as a gatekeeper. Like, if you are underneath HBox, unless your name is Polish, you are probably not going to beat him in a set in 2020, uh, 2022. The thing is, I want to say two things, I guess, that are coming to my mind about HBox. The first thing is, I'm actually very pleasantly surprised with him being as high as seven and most people having the general consensus that he's in this range, because during the net play era, there's definitely the thoughts. Uh, I've definitely talked with a lot of people about this and people thought, yeah, HBox is going to be in like the twenties or the thirties, <laughs> like people like losing to like Harry Pogger, losing to like Dawson losing. I mean, strong players in their own rights, but definitely a pl- like players who, if you're number seven in the world, you probably would not be dropping very many sets to. If you're number um, one in the world. If you're number yes. one in the world as well. <laughs> yeah, especially giving like the preconceived <laughs> notion that HBox was the number one player in the world prior to the pandemic and lockdown and such. And I think, I, I, I honestly do think that it's, having a Jigglypuff player in the top 10 is good for the game in general. Just the character diversity, his play style is something you don't really see a lot with in general like top melee and it's a very different game playing as puff for a lot of these matchups like the very high level peach puff that we've seen in the last what, couple of months is nothing like we've ever seen before i think and i think that having him still as a top 10 player and a solid person to watch out for in brackets is good for the game because yeah. also the second thing i was going to bring up is that the reason for his drop in addition to other people like grinding getting better is because he's been pivoting very successfully actually um, as a content creator over the last couple of what months, year plus, etc., and he is like, I'm not, if I'm mistaken, he's like the biggest streamer in Ultimate right now. Um, and I, I think that a lot it. of yeah, and a lot of his viewers and the people who follow him supported him getting into Smash Summon 11. I believe that he had the highest amount of votes until Yingling broke that later in the summit uh, in the summit season, but. I think that as his fan base grows, like his fan base grows, like the HBox fan base, it will also help to support the developments of both Ultimate and Melee. And I think that as he continues to compete, we can see him potentially go back to form, top three, maybe top... I I still think he can be top one again. But I think that his... I guess the developments that he's made as a content creator are good for Melee in general, and I would like to see him continue to perform at a top 10 level, and I would like to see him do, like, top five top three even that's my thoughts years ago uh and i've been trying to find this message deep in the disc whatever discord i sent it in um years ago i had the idea of like how this was when hbox was winning everything and there was like obviously a lot of malaise surrounding that um i was i had the idea i was like how cool would it be if hbox were just like lower end top 10 i was like i don't want him to like leave i don't want hbox to just disappear I want him to be someone who is losing most of the time, but is always a threat. Uh, and I think that's 
like you know the the monkey paw scenario that we got us in unfortunately we did have to have a uh two year long <laughs> ongoing pandemic to do such a thing um but what we have right now is we have someone who i don't think hbox in any given set is necessarily favored against wizzy or ibw or zane you know or mango or whatever uh you know etc cetera, etc cetera. however far you're willing to go down that list that's personal preference at that point uh, but i think he is someone who we've talked about it <laughs> he could end up in winner's finals of a tournament he could end up in grand finals he could end up winning something i don't really think that i see him in 2022 coming back to being definitive number one like he was before uh but if 2022 sees you know like a a decent number of tournaments i could see him getting to second place getting to first place like i think that is very possible for him to to remain as this like dark threat uh dark horse threat to uh to take a tournament but uh yeah i mean what we've seen from him this year kind of puts him strongly at seven um anok edwin i think uh i think it's time we're gonna talk about the uh something that that i already saw viewers uh have a little discrepancies with some some viewers are already against us for this we have sfat at eight and polish at nine i think that this is something that this is the difference you know between like seeding and uh rankings right you know like even though you are putting players in order for both there's a pretty solid difference between uh how i personally view a ranking which is like a cumulative of someone's year versus a seeding which is very you know, it's it's you're trying to predict what's going to happen you're using recent results uh more heavily weighted and because of this people i think are a little confused as to why polish is below asfab um so i don't know edwin do you uh what was what was your thoughts on on polish why would you put them below someone like asfab so I, I, it, it goes back to what you were saying, right, about about a year in total. I think if you look at Polish, if you look at them in the last two or three months, yeah, I'm, I think Polish is like arguably even better. He, or excuse me, they might be better than some of the people above them, right? If, if we're looking at just how they are performing right yeah. now and how they may perform at Genesis. But when you look at an annual ranking – you have to take an entire year's worth of results into consideration. And you have to take results that may not necessarily coincide with how a player is performing right now. So one of the things that I actually wrote about Polish way earlier in the year is I said that their results were had really high peaks and really great moments of, you know, second places at regionals or, you know, back when online was, was around, you know, something like a, something like their performance at Levo or Netplay for Palestine or whatever really, really stood out. And obviously their performance at SEL was really good. But one of the things I remember actually from way earlier in the year was when Eric's Falcon 3-0'd them. A, a result that, you know, I think Eric is really solid, uh, but I, I'm just going to say the more time passes since that result or since Polish lost to Rocky or drop, you know, dropped regional sets to Ginger the less that feels relevant for how they will perform right now. Yeah. I, again, I, I, to be honest, I feel like one of those, a few of those results are not relevant at all. Uh, Cause he didn't lose to, or they didn't lose to Rocky on land. Did they? No. Yeah. They didn't lose to Eric's Falcon on land. Did they? <laughs> no, it was, it was oh. online. The form, the form of the game we cared about for half a oh, year. Okay. I'm kind of a little confused. Cause this is PGR, which, you know, 
they did say pgr pg pg stats uh made this with the intention of it being online only but yeah i, I guess... will say though i do agree with everything only. that edwin just said except replace every single one of the players with the free palestine loss at the grail yes. or the negative yes, record for ginger sure. or the loss to ben at whole ben, yeah and <laughs> yeah you I can mention just them. literally replace every single net player sure. with those three players sure but the but the point sta- the, those are just the ones that i came in mind as the online lover of of us three <laughs> naturally that's where my mind I'm a little is bit of a land lover for what it's worth by the way if i were to see genesis i would see polish over hbox right now and yeah i think, I think that that's a, that's pretty that. i think that's actually quite reasonable yeah and the coward should let us do it but uh <laughs> we'll see um no polish yeah polish's results have been really really incredible uh sfat has not been able to have the same highs as beating ibw taking two sets off of HBox, even the HBox that we see right now, uh, you know, whatever that might be, it's still impressive to be able to do that. Um, Polish's ability to take these sets at the top level um, has been really, really good. And, and defeating HBox again, 3-0 in HBox, that was something that made me wonder, you know, I, I went from wondering if this was able to be replicated to now like thinking, okay, well, what's the, what's the limit for Polish, right? Um, Unfortunately, we did see like Polish, like you mentioned, we saw some stuff earlier in the year that doesn't seem indicative of what we would see now, but it's kind of hard to take that into consideration. Um, and while I mentioned, you know, SFAT doesn't have those same wins, he does have one very particular win, which I think is very good. He beat Mango. <laughs> so like SFAT, I think he's, <laughs> we, we talked about it before. He's kind of like this perfect, like blank slate Fox player. Um <clears throat> He's someone who he's doesn't have this like balls to the walls personality or style that some other Fox players have. He's just like very good and very nice. And because of that, I think people who watch um, kind of just think that he's pretty vanilla, pretty like plain. Um, so they like don't remember the good things about him, but he did beat Mango. Um, he did have some losses here that I, I think were not that great. But um, like he did, he, he took us out of club. He took us out of Wizzy. Like he, he's able to do really solid against the people, like the, the tier players. Who I think are really, really good, like Axe and Ginger. Um, so like I, I think that what Asphet has done this year has been pretty low key. But like his, the the movement he made from top, you know, fifteen as he was the last time we saw land events to to now this, um. I think has been like pretty unsung and I think we're all in agreement here that that Polish is the the new hotness around here and, and they would be getting like whatever uh you know seating benefit uh above SFAT right now but yeah I, I guess I just like want to say I'm not crazy I'm a huge Polish fanboy but like uh what we we have seen really really great stuff from Polish uh from few events and the other few events that we've seen from them have been something that i don't think would happen now but something that i have to take into consideration i think also with the sfat just the entire like the sfat polish debate is that i feel like sfat's year after it's been like kind of the opposite of polish's so after smash summit 11 where he uh i mean he lost to kadoran but at this point kadoran's now considered like top 10 he actually had a very very strong year in regards to like his loss and such and his wins mm-hmm. like the Wizzy win that we mentioned before plop he also beat a lot of players who are going to be in that like 10 to tw- or 11 to 25 range like what is it he beat fiction beat face roll beat suj 
uh, Ginger, etc. Uh, BSJ twice actually. Um, and I think both last... are three O's. Too. Yeah, like yeah, very, he, he like beat him very strongly. Solidly. Yeah, very solidly. But for like viewers and for results, his last two tournaments being after his amazing pools run at Smash uh, at Summit Twelve, beating Mango, beating Sora, uh, FP. Uh, the last thing we saw of him was him losing to Zayn again, and then losing to Mad, like getting upset by Magi. And then mm-hmm. the last tournament at Smash World Tour, losing again to Magi, and then losing to Aklo. And it's yeah. like, in in people's minds, the recency is like, okay, SFAT's last two tournaments, lost to Magi twice and Aklo. Polish's last tournaments, beat HBOX, beat IBW. Why are people ranking SFAT above? It's like, it's just the recency. You got to remember, like, it's not just the last two tournaments. It's the mm-hmm. whole year. And unfortunately for SFAT, in the viewer's eyes, his last two tournaments... Even though his pools were amazing, his last two like bracket yeah. results haven't been super great. But I think he will continue to be a strong player and like in in the low top tens, like next year or like the ten to seven range. I think that will continue next year because he's had a very strong trend throughout the year. Just the last yeah. two tournaments haven't been super great. Yeah, one thing I want to mention actually, kind of a, a interesting little storyline with SFAT this year was that a uh, you know against someone who used to be a really big thorn in his side, um, Wizrobe, he's actually been like taking like taking sets and, and going a lot more competitive with him. Now, granted, that is in the format of the game that I have to uh, I have to be the cheerleader for on the, on this podcast. It's a big responsibility. What what type of that? What type of uh, form of the game would that be? Oh, that would be rollback melee, <laughs> online melee. And I think as we take a look at some of the, as we take a look at some of the later portions of the list, you'll you'll start to see this uh, philosophy really really show itself. <laughs> well, we have one roadblock until we get to, to I think where this all comes undone. Uh, so let's, you know, let's ha- take what we have here and just enjoy the the camaraderie of having all the same list because uh, as we go to the next slide, that will, will come crashing down uh, for what it's worth then, in their last set. As did through a wizard. That's very good. Life. Just want to point that out. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the last person who we have all the same. Um, uh, this is Kudorin. Kudorin is someone else who I think that has had some, uh, recent performances that maybe not up to the snuff. Uh, but what he did, <laughs> He got top eight at like, you know, so many things that he went to. He got uh, he got like third at low tier city. He got I think uh, low tide city. He got seventh at Riptide, I believe. He got fifth at Smash World Tour. He got third at main stage Smash World Tour. Um, NA West, I should say. Uh, like he was having some some crazy performances here that included wins on SFAT. I you know he beat a IBW here. He is someone who even despite these losses that we saw from to like panda and and, and the such and, and like lod um despite those I, I think that it was pretty impossible to put anyone above him uh, i think that he like fell really solidly in this place just because the the results that he did this year were really really good uh and everyone else who was below him had a little bit more baggage but i want to know what you guys think about him really quickly before we move on to our contentious next 10 I think in a very similar manner to how we had like Mango and Zane in their own tier, and then Cody is right after. I feel the same way for the SFAT, Polish, and Kadoran. I feel like both. I mean, I think that HBox was is definitively above those two in regards to results yeah. this year. But I think that Kadoran is in his own little island in that his results are better than eleven through like thirty. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think that they're not 
like not as consistent has like very similar highs to eight and nine but just like less consistency and yeah although he is the most active player on this top 10 like he is the only person in the top 10 who regularly attends locals and has entered like both summits smash world tour qualifier main stage he is the like objectively the most active. he went to a nightclub he flew to new york so he was <laughs> he, he stayed with me for the uh or not stay with me but he, like he was in new york city but um he was in on the podcast with me uh, last time I was on, but like, yes, which you didn't, he, you didn't, uh, I did ask not, us permission. I asked us permission, but I did put him on. But the thing is, like, he is like he is a grinder. So the he could have just flown to Smash World Tour, uh, the qualifier in an MDVA, but he decided to fly to New York like a, a few days earlier just to enter the nightclub, and it's like. That kind of commitment is something that I think we will see bring him to like the next level and break through like to the off this 10 spot. I think he's going to be higher next year. Yeah. So yeah. I, I want to concur with what Justin's saying. Uh, I think Kadorin's again, his overall records against people below him is pretty good. I do think when it comes to like the, the seven to 12 tier uh, of players, like in, you know, and no matter how you slice it, he tends to do a bit weaker. And I think, like, if we're talking, like, he, he has a few, uh, well, I mean, he really has one, like, demon somewhere between between 11, 11 to 30 that I think it would, you know, he, he's got to figure out something for that. And I think, like, when you have something like that, like, like someone who's likely to be late into a bracket and you meet up with them, or if you meet up with a player like them, then I then I think it gets a little scary, and it's it's for that reason that I, I can't put Kadorin higher than ten, but nonetheless I you know he's he's the number one in SoCal. He he beats everyone active there. Yeah. Uh, he's and he's really earned it. I he he's had great land showings. I know his lat like like Justin mentioned he's he's been slumping a little bit, but that's relative to the expectations that he set up for himself, which I think also, is really yeah. solid. He's also kind of built point to out. make it Sorry. Uh, deep yeah. in bracket, like like the mattress spread that he has. He's built to make it pretty far in. You know, he, he does have those people that can be pretty scary to him, but uh, he does have a lot of people who he can punch above his weight against. And, mm -hmm. and as we've seen from stuff like main stage, like his ability to do that is something that uh, I think really works out for him. Uh, what were you about to say, Dark Genix? I was going to bring it this up for um, Kadoran um, at Smash World Tour. And I also was, I mean, we're going to get to him very soon because he's probably going to be in the high range of the 11 to 20s. But for Ginger at Summit, I feel like something that needs to be just like at some point should probably be discussed in regards to rankings is like controller issues, which I feel like has not been as much of an issue in the past, but I feel like as goom waves and rectangles continue to take over the scene <laughs> to some oh extent, I feel like, like there, are, I mean, Kadoran's controller was broken at smash world tour, uh, during the last day or during the last day he was in, um, Ginger's controller, from what I saw, and I mean, I was at Summit 12, but from what I saw and also from what was stated online, Flex. was the was the worst controller that people had ever seen. And both of them had lackluster performances of those two events in comparison to what we've seen throughout the rest of the year because Kadoran and Ginger both throughout the year have done but fairly well. And it's like, because there's such limited data, it's very, very hard to look at, like, to not treat it at the same level as their other results. But at the same time, like, knowing that this occurred and knowing they decided to continue playing and not DQ, when, for ranking purposes, DQing would have actually just been better for both of them. So it's like, I don't really know what to think about it. But I feel like it's something that will come up more as Goom Waves and Rectangles continue to take over our scene. But what a, what a wonderful, juicy topic to bring up, Justin. Unfortunately... <laughs> 
Uh, that would probably be a full episode on its own. And one that if we were ever doing an episode, I'd probably make Ambi do it and I would <laughs> not be on. Uh, I'm just Johnny for think... I just wanted John for Cadorn's last tournament. I mean, I think that this is like something that we, when people talk about like, uh, you know, factors uh, uh, like like this, this is something that you know it's it's hard to account for stuff like that, right? Like, uh, you know, people have get schedules that make them like play like right after each other, or st- you know, people uh attend stuff and take like take a red eye in and there's all these ty- different types of things and i think that it's all worth like understanding that these are humans who are playing the game so i do think it's a good thing to bring up uh but it is also nestled in the hotbed uh topic the hot topic of um controllers that i don't really want to get into but what i do want to get into i want to get into the next 10 that we have on our list uh so if if the magic screen can reveal our 11 through tw- uh 20s we have a little bit of a difference here. And uh, Edwin, without using any online results and using offline results only, as was the prompt from PGR, explain to it me was... why S2J is 11th. So let me just say, I'm pretty sure this wasn't the prompt from PGR. The prompt from PGR said based on results in 2021. It was, it was yeah, it was PTAS. The, it was... the PGR also does not officially recognize non-land mail oh stop it i literally asked yeah i only i only follow things that are on the screen in front of me right now that that's all that's all i can do i'm actually i don't know what you want me to tell you man you did the wrong thing dude i just couldn't put sdj like i couldn't see the guy that tweeted number three earlier in the year but that's not that's a different thing it's a different prompt all he did for the first like what six no, months of the year do that but that's no that we were given a start date of the of january we were given the final date of smash that's... all i saw was all results and i counted all of them he is Look, right maybe... in that the start date was january 1st but uh we're supposed to use the pg stats data set for data you're being for offline here. data Okay, Edwin. Look, you just tell me, me I did it wrong. Did... Edwin, it's too late now. <laughs> Where did none rank on the 2019 MPGR? 2019 year end top 100. Where was none? Uh, I want to say player like, did really well. I want to say like 15 or 14. He was 15. Do you know oh, where he ended remember. up ranked on the uh, 2019 top 50 summer PGR? Ah, uh, in the summer. Yeah, he had a pretty maybe like low twenties or like high twenties. Thirty one. I he didn't go to oh, anything. You have to go off of what is there. You can't say someone's good and then make up shit. <laughs> but we had, but we had six months of something that was there. Something that was different. Was just, I cannot slightly different online results. Moki, tell me offline only. Moki and Fiction played. Moki and Fiction played a game five set which DC'd at 155 ping, and it means the same as the Mango Zane Grand Finals at Smash Summer Live. I think, given the high volume that online gives us, it makes it really easy to sort out like people who are fairly close in tiers. So I don't so, think it's like the deciding if, factor, but I think it provides a pretty good like basis 
to work off of, right? But it doesn't feel like you worked off of that basis. It feels like you use that completely. It's like locals. We talk about locals in a different in like nor- in normal years, right? I'm a proponent of using locals because I think that they give context to to majors, right? If you do well at a major and you go to like two majors, if you do, go do really well at your locals, I know that you're not a fluke. And if you have someone like if you have a player who's on the come up and they have okay majors you know it's like it's hard to really break in if you're 80 to 100 right they get 49th at genesis or something like that if they do really well at locals i know that they're good but i don't base exclusively off of locals and that kind of feels like what's going on here so you think you think four loco fight night is equal to a local is that how is that how you're seeing it i think that it's i think it's not equal i don't think it's real it's It's not supposed to be counted (laughs) i saw nothing of the sort saying that we should not ever count it that's I don't all. think you were looking Look, at the right things. <laughs> you're not supposed to count it. I don't, okay, I don't know what you want me to tell. I don't think I don't you're even you in the Discord. The Discord says you're not supposed to count it. I definitely got invited to the Discord and joined after I already submitted my ballot. Yeah, you don't like joining things. I hate joining things. Okay, let's let's instead of flaming everyone, uh, I want to I want to read out some. Here, I want to hear I, I want to hear from you guys on why you had to act so highly let's there's time for everything i want to talk about well let's finish off with s2j here um i want to talk about his results online because i i think that s2j is still really good you know as you can see i have him 18th uh and i don't think that's that that seems a really low number for him and a number that i don't think he's necessarily going to be locked into for 2022 i think he's really good i also just think that the players above him did really really well um so what we saw from him was probably lower end of what's expected and like you know, without having gone to enough events to reach that higher point, he kind of does tend to fall below these people who I do think reached, you know, new heights or reached the top of their potential. Uh, it also should be said that I believe he had hand pain that caused him to, like, not enter uh, Summit. You know, he didn't qualify for Summit, or he didn't try to qualify for Summit because of hand pain. Um, he didn't go to Smash World Tour Finals, even though he qualified for them. Like, I, I want to, you know, have it be said that there does seem to be some outside factor that led to this, but he's got a loss to HBox. He's got two three O's to SFAP. Um, Low tide city lost to SFAP. Yeah, he has the SFAP and Gatsu. SFAP lost, yeah. He beat none. He beat none at main stage. Um, He lost to Gatsu, like we said. He's two and four with Fiction altogether, uh, including uh, a pretty, like, you know, it, it looked it was a 3-1 victory for fiction at um smash world tour na west but it was the writing was kind of on the wall that whole last game uh he's he did he went one and two with kadorian at a local uh did well versus lucky at locals four and one we we mentioned that sfop loss he beat zamu it's like these results are not bad but it is not something that just basing off of these results uh, I would say he's like scraping the top 10. But hey, that's clear. It's it's very obvious that you chose a different data set to pull from. Uh, I'm sure he beat Hungrybox online or something. <laughs> I'm sure he, he had lots of really online. good <laughs> I'm sure he had lots of really good wins online. There's uh, only one person who beat Hungrybox harder in the last like 3 years than SJ did at Four Loco and that was Fable. 
Fable okay, is one of the best players are, in the world. So Fable is the only human being that beat that has ever beaten. Both those sets are not real. Also, I want to <laughs> I want to point I, out I, Fable is the only player with a positive record on JFlex on the last NJPR. <laughs> so he is quite the beast. Uh, I also want to point something out, uh, Edwin. You asked, does a local mean as much as four local fight night? And I want to pull from the chat. Null, top fifty caliber player. Null. So a local means more than four local fight night. No. So the, the how can you say in. that? <laughs> how can you say that? That's awful. Top no, how are you going to do this to your SoCal brethren? <laughs> it's, wait. It's... What about uh, former top players like like Rio B? I mean, I mean, I mean, current top player Rio B. God, that's. <laughs> that is. I don't think that's helping. You are yourself. digging your own grave. You are digging your own grave right now. What about, man. What about the washed I'm up sorry. players? What about some I'm sorry. Up top I'm sorry, Nico. <laughs> no, he, I'm sure he's good when he's in when he's in practice. He's nasty. <laughs> we both have act. Me and me and Dark Genix both have acts in eleven. You asked yes. why it was such, and it's okay. We do not have time to go through one by one through all these, but I think that there's a lot of um, like points that we have to hit. Uh, and I think that one of the big ones is if you put S2J high, you know, that's obviously you who's taking online really, really importantly. Um, Axe is someone who, if you take online really importantly, Axe is probably what, like 23rd on your list or something. Like it's, we'll see him on the next <laughs> We're going to see it on the next slide, 100%. <laughs> yeah, you'll see. But you'll if you look him. at the offline results, I mean, sure, Axe has the secrets loss, uh, negative to meds in region, uh, lost to Sora and Triff at Smash World Tour Championships and didn't make it out of Fools as but... a result of a very. Uh, odd tiebreaker but has tie done breaker. pretty well normal tiebreaker but has done well against the 11 to 30 of the field two wins on kadoran three out amsa which amsa yep. is the top what six player uh overall but has even after the secret sauce of riptide made a pretty deep run beating curve fluid balloon day zamu wally crudo and logan before losing to Sfat, a top 10 player at low tide city although he did lose to junior twice did beat kadoran twice beat bobby big balls beat android zero uh Main stage beat SFOP, uh, Face Roll Zealot, lost to two top five players, Wizard and Cody. Smash World Tour Championships, I mean, for the last chance qualifier, beat like J Flex and Mount Money, who at this point are both like top 50 level players. He's had, like, for someone who was number three in the world at one point, an off year. For someone who's like 11, I think that's relatively fine given the results that we have. I think that there is a general idea of Axe being really low, uh, like how he should be placed. Um, and I think that just comes from online. Like we, we are going into, like I said, like about six months of, of offline results. Um, but we still have these, these like nagging online storylines that kind of seep into what we think, uh, should still be. And I think that Axe underperforming online was, you know, that, that was true. That happened, right? Like we can't, act like it didn't um but what happened is he went to these tournaments he did really really well he did well at summit he did well at riptide you know he made top eight at both of these um he he ended up getting second at low tide which you know some may say that he should have uh he you know should be beating ginger uh but like that's really hard for me to say that's kind of a toss-up at this point um but what he does have yeah we talked about it. he's got that amsa win He's got wins on face roll. He's got wins on players who I think are really good and I have ranked very high. Um, so I, I think for that reason, yeah, it's he's someone who has had a pretty underrated year uh, for him, considering 11th is not maybe how we would be ranking him uh, like in 2019. But what we have been seeing from him is just kind of this really underrated 
really solid performance, um, which I I think uh, in my book that that gives him eleven. Uh, Twelve is where we start to get into someone who I I think has it's kind of the opposite of it, right? So me and Dark Gen X again, <laughs> we're in agreement. We have Ginger at twelve. Ginger's definitely the type of guy who he he's coming into this with uh, he is beating up expectations. He is performing some of the best he's ever been. Um, and I think because of that, it's easier to see the results that he has and kind of put him really high. Uh, I think Axe is putting up similar results. He's just putting them like at the bottom of what we are expecting from him instead of at the top of what we're expecting from him. He also has a Cody one. True. Ginger also has a Cody one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but even besides that, he's been doing pretty well against level 30 field. I mean, He's also another player who's really active and as a result of that activity is prone to certain losses at the same time, like the flash loss and Riptide as an example. But he's done fairly well throughout the year in general. Has a lot of solid wins. Uh, did win Low Tide City over Axe. Yeah, yeah so, that's, that's mm-hmm. pretty big. Like, he, yeah. And you guys he, put he can't Axe above that. him. Yeah. Because head to head is the only thing that matters. No, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, we obviously can't go into all these, all the players, um, and still do other topics like we're planning on doing. Uh, but I, I think that Axe versus S2J is like a cool uh, change of ideology. And I think Ginger is someone who we all pretty much all agree on. So I think he's a good player to bring up. Uh, there oh, is I, one I, thing with Ginger I want to just like quickly point out to, or I want to ask both of you on. One thing that I, that I think is a little weird with Ginger is how like, I think more often than not, he does pretty well against his peers, like pretty positive records against people in this tier and like, or most active people and like people beneath him. But I I will say Ginger kind of has like this, he has a strange penchant for like two things, right? The first thing is, I I don't know, for whatever reason, he just seems to do worse in like invitational pools format. And then the second thing is like, there's a lot of like, very specific. Yeah, it's it's very weird. And then he has a lot of like one-offs. So like, if he plays someone like Sora or Flash, like like that's that's it's it's like weirdly scary for him, and like we've seen him lose to those two, and like the the other thing I want to ask you guys was like like did his rec- did any of his records with KJH factor into how you see Ginger or no? Because like to me that head to head may as well like exist in a vacuum, but I do think it's like weirdly indicative for the kind of player that might like scare Ginger. And when you you get it you understand it yes the local results <sighs> don't detract away from the player and yet you're using all these online results because i think they matter more uh, you're wrong <laughs> unfortunately you're just yelling at me telling me i'm wrong because it's online you're not actually and you mentioned like one one set where there was like a hundred ping you're not actually telling me well, like okay i i cannot believe that you are taking this stance the edwin budding of years past would never you are like smarmy about the fact that online and, and offline should be combined this is insane to me. You would have never done this in the past. I don't know what has gotten into you. I also do want to point I got, out. I got married. What, what can I say? You've I'm a been married. Man tradi- <laughs> you I'm a changed man of tradition. I just want to point Let out for this speak. narrative, for what we just said about Ginger not doing well in invitational pools. I just want to point out that in those invitational pools, five of those sets he was pre- like, were losses to top 10 players. He lost to Polish game five, Wizzy game five, Got 3-0'd by H-Box, lost to Kadoran game 5, and lost to Zane, like, 3-0. Yeah. 
Those five losses, I think, are all fine. I yeah. mean, like he was upset. Yeah, but I think like, Polish he, and Magi and, and Sora are the, the ones. Sora that really and the Sora and the yeah, the Sora and the. I, I was gonna bring up if we had time. I was gonna say like the the last part of Magi's year has been insane. Yeah, to point out. Yeah, she's but, killed it. But yeah, let's let's talk about Magi because she is a player who we all have pretty similarly rated. Uh, yeah. I have her at seventeen. You have her at sixteen, and Edwin also has her at seventeen. Hey, Edwin, we agree on something. <laughs> Yeah, I think Magi, and especially like one thing note, noting noting down about her year, I think her record against Fox is like so yeah. good, and uh, especially versus S Pat, which is she destroys it. It's actually crazy. So like, I feel like the narrative is that her record against Fox is like insane, but at the same time, both of her worst losses this year are also to Foxes, Null and, and Zamu, and she, and she almost lost to S Pop. Yeah. Like, I, that set obviously you you know it's counted as a win of course i would never count it yeah, as yeah of, such, course, of, course, of course but it was really really close so, so like for what you're talking about the narrative yeah it i don't know uh like the same tournament where she beat s fat the same pool was also losing to zamu so yeah it's it's really interesting to see these types of results um but i mean hey we saw her we saw her get to top eight of smash summit um i believe uh i'm super blanking right now because i was supposed to be important at the tournament uh ninth it was either smash ninth or seventh okay ninth. it was was ninth uh ninth at smash world tour you know these are pretty great results uh it's coming off of like some stuff earlier in the year that uh was not that level but but that was just because she's leveled up um i do want to say something really really weird uh i had a dream and i don't dream about smash but uh i had a okay. dream Be very careful with you, with you, uh, about a week ago no this is like this is like a month ago i had a dream about a month ago that hbox like came to my window like uh like there was like a big oh tree next God. to my window and he came to my window i've never dreamed about smash before this is the first dream and he like told i was like where do you think magi's ranked and he said magi's 18th and i didn't i didn't know what to believe at the time but when i did my own ranking you know obviously i put it i put her in that range um and i have to thank weird dream hbox for that one you know, everyone's quiet right now. I didn't have to share this. I thought it'd be fun. Uh, it, it was and... fun. I was definitely entertained by that anecdote. I will say that. And I appreciate that you shared it with the class. Yeah, I didn't really know how to react. I just kind of listened and I want to take it in and sit on it. I don't have any instantaneous like feedback to it. But I do appreciate you telling the story. It was kind of like, do you remember As Told by Ginger? Okay. Um... <laughs> I'm too let's, young for that. Let's talk about... Uh... Yeah, let's, let's move on. So Edwin, you have a bunch of interesting placements on on the eleven through twenty that I think are um, uh, weird, oriented. but I think it's all like online. I don't know if if you have do you have like a specific hot take out of these rankings that is not uh, based on someone's performance online? Like I, I'm interested to hear what you think about face roll, considering both of us uh, ended up having pretty high. He was someone who did really consistently pretty well. Um, you know, still, of course, everyone's had their losses this year, but he was able to do really well against that tier of players that he's in. Um, is that just an online thing that you have him that low? Because that's what it seems like from like Lucky Kazu. I can get uh, those. I, I would say so in terms. So like that, yeah, sort of. Uh, one thing I don't know if this is like I don't know if this is something you ever do when it when when it comes to like assessing players and how they would like like on a ranking. But to me, I try to go through like each player's hypothetical matchup spread to see how how they would do against like the players of the 
it, it's it's sort of similar to like what the old prompt for SSBM rank was, where like if this player entered this many tournaments, how would they perform? So I try to take a similar approach to like how this player would do against like mm. each of the people that that would be likely to attend its super major. So right? you read prompts back then. <laughs> well, I read the the prompt this time. I just didn't join the Discord or read the Discord, apparently. <laughs> But but yeah, I, I think face roll is pretty. I, I think face roll is pretty good. I I just think that some of the people above him were like really active for a lot of the year in both formats of the game and and had had strong accomplishments. I I will say that I I'm I was kind of surprised that face roll lost to Axe both times they played because if if you asked me before those sets like who who would take it, I I might have said face roll like the, the first time like pretty confidently. Like that that was one thing like like I was pretty harsh on Axe relative to to both of you, but like I would say that 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 was one of his highlights of the year. I think like pretty pretty definitively per, like giving me reason to like view, view him somewhat. Hopefully, <laughs> the reason why he jumped into the top thirty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the reason why he was there at all in the first place. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that I think that just about answers it. I, yeah, that, that's good to hear. Um, I, I do think that like knowing that you used online that heavily. Some could say possibly more heavily than than offline. Um, this like it's easier to understand your list. Um, but yeah, I think it's time. You mentioned how these these faceful wins they really shot him up your list. What are the odds that Axe him? is on the next slide? Let's see if he's on the next slide. Um, <laughs> he might not be. He might not be. Let's see what we're working with. Uh, this is results 21 through 30. So this is finishing off our ballots here. Uh, we don't really have to get into it. We might, you know, mention people where we have them who are not on our ballots, but these are all that we're going to have on our slide. Can I say one thing really quickly about the last <coughs> slide? But I just, I just yeah. noticed it. I just find it really odd that both Weed and I, who didn't count online at all, had Acklo higher than Edwin's list, which counted online. I think that's just like a crazy thing yeah. to just to point out because Acklo online did, has been insane. He did really. Yeah, he's did really well online. He did really well uh, offline. That was a shock. Yeah, he did well in both formats. Oh, and I, I'm, I only read beats, so sorry. But yeah, okay. Shouts yeah, to Aklo, was... shouts to New York City. That was a, a bit of a shocker for me to, to see him, like, pull together, a, like, a decent string of wins like he was able to. Obviously, the SFAT one we know. Um, yeah, whatever. However you gauge a local, he did beat Kadoran. Uh, I think he, like, split sets to win the local beat gingery beat axe it's like i think he beat none too they might have split sets um yeah aklo surprising uh player to like i always know he's really good but he just strung together a resume that without me really realizing it was really really strong uh and he also is a wonderful uh way to get wally mentioned on this show <laughs> he's i think wally ended up being his worst loss which hey, i'll take it um Let's talk about the the rest of our list because we are we finally get the magic number for for Axe for Edwin's list. We get a uh, twenty two, and I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like that's a little low. Edwin, you want to? I, I just think Axe has so explain? many like he has so many terrifying matchups, and like obviously this is just going to go back to the fact that I counted his serious sets online, right? Mm. Like this is the thing; so it's not this number that there's no serious sets. <laughs> oh, online. shut up! It's it's not like. The thing is, like, if, if I went through, if I actively held him going, like, Marth or Young Link or whatever or whatever stupid character he was going, or, like, like that would be one thing, but I didn't even count that. I counted, like, sets at, like, big events where he went Pikachu and was, like, trying and stuff. 
And like when you when you look at his overall records in in that sense, like if like if you care about online, which I do to an extent, like I I just don't I, I think there's so many problems. And I, I think like when you when you have like Fox as a very scary matchup for you that you keep losing at at like events that people care about. I think that's a, that's like a really big red flag. And like we we mentioned with the KJ KGH and Ginger that this was kind of like what an example of a head to head that may as well exist in like a time continuum or something separate of everything else. But the thing is, it's like I used to think of accent versus meds in a similar sort of way, where it was like, oh well, you know, the, these two have been playing together for a while; they'll, they'll go back and forth no matter what. But the thing is, it's like a ton of the other foxes have like caught on. You know what I mean? Like if you see Axe versus like. God, if, I mean, Secrets is one thing, but, like, I, I could see Axe against, like, any top 50 Fox at his next Super Major. I think that's really scary. And, like, I don't think it's Yeah, but we're not a, talking about the next Super Major. We've made this I, distinction multiple times. It's oh, my. He also beat Mott Money, SFOP, Zealot. Uh, yeah, those are, good, those are great wins for him. Samu. <laughs> those like, are awesome he's wins for him. actually done fine against Fox this year. <laughs> I'm saying those are all good, but I'm saying that they're they're not like free. But I'm saying there's a possibility I mean? there could be bad but losses. He could lose he could because lose. you know secrets, meds, S fat. He got washed by S fat, and they're only set. Yeah, but S-Fat's I don't know. I just think all <laughs> I just think all his records on the year online were just like so so bad, and I don't think his okay. offline performances <laughs> were enough to lift him up from that. Dude, it's like seven months of the year. I can't just pretend it doesn't happen. It's like. It's, it's it's not the prompt. It's we're doing a summer ranking, basically. It's I'm just, sorry. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the prompt. Uh, it it, it do, I'm looking at rating criterion, and I'm looking at the dates of results to consider. I think if Axe played against like Slug or even like Pudgy Panda, I think Slug is horrifying for him. Yeah, but that I wouldn't I wouldn't rank Slug <laughs> higher because of it, nor would I rank lower. No, I didn't. I didn't rank it. Slug. I didn't. Let's let's be fair to me. I didn't rank Slug higher than than him. Oh, yeah, two, I saw the lowest out of us higher. three. I think that's insane. Axe is two slots higher. Let's get it right. Uh, <laughs> okay, Axe at twenty-two. It's there's it's a beating a dead horse at this point. There's no more that we can get out of you that is not like you know taking online into consideration. Which hey, you know if this is an online online ranking, fine, you did it great. But uh, there's like not much more that we can learn from this. Uh, but, but I do want to hear. Yeah, let's talk about the 22 that both Dark Genix and I have. We have Ben at 22, and you have Ben at not on your top 30. No, even I did with not. Online. Even with online. Yeah, even with online. Let's hear I think, about I this. Think, I, th- I think, so if we're talking about just online, and, and like we're assuming I'm just not going to get, I'm not going to get flamed for including online results in this, just online, he has losing records against like a ton of the top, like, a ton of the people who are in like consideration for top 30 and 40 like i can't bet i like i would be like i think ben has really big highs like obviously beating hbox for a lot of the year i think is fantastic for him i think obviously taking an offline set off wizard is is really good but it's just like when you look at his cumulative numbers as well yeah that too that that was really good but when you look at his cumulative records against like the zealots zuppies pandas like the, even the Bobby Big Balls of the world. Like I don't know if I don't know if at most super majors, like Ben would be making it far enough in bracket to be like perf- 
to 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 reach those matchups where where I where like we know he's capable of doing it. I just, there are just so many killers at a prospective super major that I think like looking at his like looking at his online records and look and like projecting how they would how they would do on LAN. I'm not like super confident in Ben in those matchups. I'm I'm not saying that I don't think he's good. I th- I think he's really good. But just when you look at his like the the wealth of data that we have comparing him to a lot of like the other like players around his skill skill tier i don't think he's like a, i don't I, I think he's actually like i think he his overall records in that are fairly like low i think his his ability to punch high is really strong but like at a super major where everyone is going to be there or at like a big event i think i think he i think uh i think it's a little scary for him edwin i've got two questions for you uh one is mean not a real question and one is a real genuine question. god don't, don't even just, let's give to the second one unfortunately I, I have to do both uh oh, one how many god. other players who have a land win on wizard are did not make your top 30 i think i think ben might i think ben might be the only one okay two we know that you count online <laughs> yes that much is clear <laughs> i i want to know more about how much you count it because we talked about locals right locals i think um what's well, a contentious subject before uh and now maybe people don't care because it's land <laughs> now you might have entered in like you might have by entering online and you might have ended the locals should locals count discourse um which congratulations uh but Thank the you. the general theory used to be you know you'd count majors the most and then you'd count regionals you know lo- a little lower and then you'd count locals it's just kind of like filling in the gaps of data um we don't really have like by having um, the ability to play almost anyone in the country, uh, I, I think that like the scale of online events is kind of all out of whack. So I, I'm like interested to hear how you take into consideration online because every player you've mentioned here, you know, you are talking about their online. Are you using their offline results and then using their online results to back that up, or are you just taking it all at once, like shoving it all in and then taking the output? Uh, I, I think, I, I think what you're saying for the first one is, is a little more, is a little more closer to how I did it, but, but I, a lot of it is like perspective for me as well. Right. So it's like, we, we've talked about like viewing years as like a series of cumulative accomplishments, but I also try to like, I, at least for me, maybe you don't agree with this for, for your ranking process, but I try to, it's, it's like what I brought up before is like, when I think of a super major with all these people prospectively attending i try to like factor in how how they would do how they would do against each other right so it's like it's like for me a lot a lot of it has to do with like you know if a player has a really huge disparity between their offline performance and online performance i tend to take that into consideration but it's like the wealth of data that online gives us it's like even the outlier sets are only like outlier sets in the context of like what like 60 sets, 70 sets, 80 sets that we have. Like it like this is actually kind of like noticeable with Hungrybox, who I think is like the example that a lot of people would think of when, when it comes to like someone whose results are like would appear significantly different offline versus online, right? But the thing is it's like even looking at Hungrybox's online results, I agree he's a worse player and I think the value of an Hbox win on its own and like an online head-to-head against Hungrybox means a lot less than a, than an offline one. But like 
this is but even looking at his online records on his own combined with everything else like he's still good like this is someone this we we, we talked earlier on the show about um you know in previous episodes about whether he his gallant uh three-peat was actually a three-peat it was not but i no. but i still think there i still think there were like pretty solid accomplishments that like they they don't show him being like the seventh best player in the world but i think that i i think they they show these he's not like like i don't think hungrybox online is like out of the top 50 and i i don't and i and i think he's like pretty far above 25 and this is an example of someone that we agree is probably like one of the biggest like most significant like drop offs at least from the eye test and in terms of like what his floor is online versus offline I don't know. I, I think that I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I just think that like given the wealth of data that we have and the volume that we have to sort like this massive pool of players from each other, I think it would be I think it's a really missed opportunity if we just like treat treat it like it doesn't matter. I'm not saying it matters more than offline. I just think that like it, it gives us a good like it gives us a good idea for like who should be grouped in with each other. I, I don't know. This this is just my thoughts though. And what lovely thoughts they are. Um, uh, we've been coming up. This would be a full episode length uh, normally. Uh, but unfortunately, we do have some, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on uh, whether or not you are a listener or a uh, host, <laughs> we have we have some more things that we need to get to. Um, I think that we, you know, we could have more to talk about here. Um, we obviously have not touched on every single person we have ranked and, we haven't touched on the people we have not ranked. Um, but I, I think we we tend to be, as you get down further, uh, in agreeance or like in agreeance enough where the difference between, you know, having uh, like I don't have Albert on my list and Edwin has Albert. Like the difference between that, it's pretty marginal. Um, so I don't know if there's anything that you guys want to talk about before we end uh, and move on to our next topic. Perfect. I will take that silence as uh, as a cue to move on. Um, so of course, you know, we, we kept we've been talking about the 2021 rankings for this episode. Uh, we're moving into 2022. 2022 is a new year, new opportunities, and uh, of course, there's New Year resolutions to be made. But we are, uh, you know, the the parasocial human beings that we are. We're not making them for ourselves. We're going to make them for some top players. We have, uh, before the show, we made a few resolutions for top players as to stuff that they could be doing in 2022, stuff, goals to set um, for some of the best players that we've seen. So we each took two top players and we made three resolutions a piece. Um, the resolutions are going to be in order of most achievable to, to like biggest, um, and it's just one of those things where uh, you know, I- I'm gonna I'm gonna do an example. And I think it's gonna be pretty easy to understand from there. So I'm gonna pick Plup. Plup is a player who we talked about here did really really well. Uh, and for my top, my my three resolutions for Plup this year, the, th- the three things that I want to see from him to have continued success, three goals that I would set for him as a player would be one, continue to defeat Hbox. Something that we you know we saw at Riptide this year. Uh, I think if he's able to continue on that, that is kind of a bit of a question mark uh, for me personally. And the ability to continue that would be incredible. Uh, two, I think he needs to be a true thorn in Zane's side. We have not seen Plop as like the Zane destroyer in a little bit. Uh, and I think that 
in order for Plup to be one of the best players in the world, in order for him to be in that conversation for best in the world, which I don't think he is out of the picture, um, I think he really needs to be that type of player who's scary for Plup, uh, scary for Zane. Uh, and I, I think he needs to do that. Like any time they play, I think he needs to do that. And number three, the biggest one, something that I think we can see from him, but he needs to win a super major. We've seen him do it before. And we have not <laughs> really seen uh, him replicate that success. He's won big tournaments. He won Smash World Tour, obviously. But I, I think that that is like a goal that I'm going to set as attainable. I, I think that he can do it. I think it's going to be difficult. But for him to win a Super Major over, your, you know, have Mango, Zane, IBW, have those type of people in attendance. Um, like win a Summit level tournament, win the Genesis level tournament. Because I think he can do it. Um, so that's going to be my three for Plup. I, I know that... Uh, Dark Genix, you have you have some fun players. Who do you want to go with? I'm gonna pick Amsa as mine because I mean, who doesn't like Amsa? So, thoughts about Amsa going into 2022 resolutions? Uh, should I go from like lowest to highest? I guess. In terms yeah, of, like, yeah. Go to sure. go to like. So, yeah. So <laughs> we've seen we've seen him do very well against I guess the general relative field. Uh, I want to see more like just more tournaments as a resolution like as very like we as few tournaments there were this year as covid Amsa gets has, worse as I... covid gets worse <laughs> in a perfect world where things are okay enough to attend tournaments safety like safety like safe required obviously when yeah. tournaments are safe and return at a frequent amount i want to see amsa attend a lot more if he does end up moving to Vancouver, as is projected for early next year, I feel like we are going to see a lot of AMSA, which is why I have this at a very attainable yeah. goal. Since I think that if he moves to Vancouver, we're going to see a lot more of AMSA in the States, and I think that's going to be really good. The second thing I want to see, in which we've already seen like glimpses of it, is working on a couple of the harder matchups, which there aren't too many of the play like people who play those matchups in Japan anyway, but... More so just like the matches that are conventionally seen as very hard for Yoshi being Peach, Sheik, and Falcon. And we've seen like instances throughout this year alone even of him doing better in these matchups. He beat Nun in Summon 11. He beat Laud, who, if I'm not mistaken, double eliminated him at a SmashCon uh, 2019, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm mistaken, please tell me. Um, beat Laud at Smash World Tour. Granted, they lose to, uh, did lose to Triff, lost to Plup, lost to Wizard this year. Puff was considered one of those harder matches, and he kind of dominated, like, destroyed HBox the last time they played. But I think that as he gets better at these, like, more difficult matchups, the demon brackets get easier for him. And there's less, like, less of those brackets which are, like, heavily matchup-oriented. And I think in a similar... I think everyone's uh, goal is going to end up being somewhat related to this, if they're not, like, Mango or Zane, but winning a Super Major. We've seen a Pikachu do it. We've seen in the last couple of years, like, Wizzy won his first Super Major, etc. I think that Yoshi can win a Super Major, and I think Amsa can do it. It's just a matter of getting a bracket that lets him do so. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this for <laughs> a little bit now, um, but it just becomes more and more realistic, is that, like, <clears throat> Amsa and, and Yoshi, by, you know, by, by that standard um is a player who can win a super major he he's definitely needs a bracket it's it's like um axis summit run you know he definitely needs to avoid people uh but with the way that we've seen like talent line up 
it's definitely very avoidable. Like there are scenarios where he could avoid Wizrobe. You know, he has done very well versus Mango. That could be a grand finals, right? Like we have seen uh, abilities from him to, to take sets off of players who are capable of being in grand finals with a super major. So I don't think it's crazy to say. I think that's a that's like a great list of goals for someone who keeps like keeps setting goals for himself and, and keeps uh, like changing expectations of himself and his character every time he comes to America. Edwin, you got something for us? Yeah, okay. So it's to no surprise that the player that I'm bringing up for a New Year's resolution is S2J. Um, I'm going to go on the list of what I think is most likely or most attainable to the to the thing that I think is hardest, okay? So the first thing that I want that I would want to see from S2J in 2022 is I want him to regain the crown in so of active SoCal. No more, no more losing three sets in a row to Kador, and no more like struggling with fic- with fiction. I want to see. I think SJ has what it takes to turn those losing records around and and start and start going to Verdugos every week and, and winning them. The second thing that I, I want to see from SJ in 2022 is I want him to finish the year with a positive record against Hungrybox on on land. We saw SJ destroy him online. You know the veracity or. The, uh, how much that means, maybe maybe it doesn't mean a lot to you, but I want to see him make strides in that matchup because we we've seen Wizzy have a lot of success in it. I think there's no reason why SJ can't do can't perform at least in a in a way that makes him competitive or slightly better than Hungry Box in the head to head. And the last goal, which I think will be the hardest, is that I want to see SJ reach grand finals of a super major, and I want it to be on land. I think. I think that's with the right on the right day with the right bracket path. I think it's attainable for him. It'll it'll be a little tough, but I want to see the return of the person who tweeted number three. But I want it to happen and land so that we can all look back and see that that my faith in SJ was rewarded. No one was saying that he was going to be bad. All of us agree he's he's very good. <laughs> don't don't gaslight me. No. Uh, well, you know what? I, I I respect the putting getting to grand finals of a super major as harder than having a winning record on HBox. I would probably yeah, flip it in my mind. That's but that's a, that's, that's a take. I, I that's did take. consider. I like it. I did consider that for a little bit, but I I hey, think one uh, record. Hasn't he yeah. done it before? If you count Shine. No, he if hasn't. Count no, shine, he didn't make grand. He didn't, like I don't know. If oh, it's Shine twenty nineteen. No, that 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 doesn't count as a super major. I have one for Axe that that I would want to share because you, you mentioned two, right? Break through the top twenty. <laughs> yeah, break into <laughs> the top twenty. Yeah. Well, the first. So we were talking about Hungrybox before. My my first one for Axe is that I would want him to go positive versus Aklo and Moki. Uh, we we've seen those two kind of kind of give him struggles in both formats of of the game. We were talking about Axe versus Fox earlier, so I feel inclined to inclined to bring that up as examples of top 20 boxes that would be scary for him in bracket um the other thing i'd want to do just on the same note i'd want to see him take a set from ibdw or leffen i think i think like on the right day like if he's playing we're super hot and, and like on fire and he gets into a rhythm or whatever i think he, he could potentially do it and the last final thing that i want to like see from beat slug <laughs> beat slug <laughs> no that would be great i i want to see him i i want to see him beat hungry box it's been too long since he's done it i think it would just like it's literally been so long since he's done it and since then it has looked like so ugly and uh i 
it would be it would be kind of crazy to see these two play in, in a land super major and to see axe beat him nice i like it um justin who is your second player hmm i had a bunch but i think that one of, i actually is not going to be one of the people i sent you but okay, no, i'm going to talk about kadoran actually <laughs> okay cool no i wasn't i i know what you're thinking but yeah so first thing um first goal end the year higher than 10 i think that he definitely like a lot of the reasons that we've talked about him ending as 10 are more so that there's no one really to contest that 10 spot and he's not at the same level of results as the first nine i want to see him like at 10 in a year where Leffen exists where there are a lot more results i think as like he is one of the only top top players who is regularly attending events and i think that it's just it's a good sign, like mental wise, show that he like has just he does he wants to go to events to learn and improve, etc. And I think that it, just seeing someone like that do better is just really nice. And I think that as he continues to like go to stuff and continue to like do Metify coaching and whatnot, he's gonna just he's gonna break through, and may, we'll see where he ends up. But I do I do think that as like the main minor goal is that second one. I think that his set versus Zane was really really close. Uh, I mean, it was game five. Uh, what is it? Uh, Summit 12. I want to see him take sets against the top two. Like, I want to see a set against Mango or a set against Zane. That's my middle one. Uh, I think he can do it. He's definitely shown himself capable as against Spacey's. He went game five with Zane. The third one, as crazy as it sounds, the only reason I bring this up is because of the last discussion. I want to see him beat X. I want to see him be the Marth to take down X. I think that if there is a Marth to do it, it's going to be him. And even if Axe talk isn't as high, I still think that the merit of being a Marth to beat Axe, given the last, what, decade of Marth sets, I think there's some virtue to it, and I think that he's the kind of player who's going to be the first one to do it. So that's that's my top one. I, I do love these Marths coming up, and like as good as they might be, they always have to... There's always the expectation, is this going to be the Marth that does it? Um so I, I mean, hey, I, I'm a believer. I'm a Kadoran believer. Um, now, of course, us picking two players apiece, we, we kind of miss a lot of players who are really interesting. Uh, no Mango, no Zane, no HBox. Uh, <laughs> but there is a player who I'm going to do. Uh, I did it really last minute, um, meaning I did it like this second because I had one written out for Wizard, but I think it'd be more in character and more fun to do uh, the guy who I have backed up pretty much exclusively whenever he's at a tournament. So I'm going to talk about Leffen. Um, Leffen, obviously, very, very good. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be tough to put goals for him, but uh, I'm going to put ones that I, I think are, you know, you could say like number one, like a B number one in the world. I think that that's a really achievable goal for him. But I'm going to try to stick away from that. I'm going to be a little more um, granular, I guess. Uh one drop guilty gear <laughs> i don't i i love look i love him saying that he needs to de-rust but i've seen too many of these tweets where he's like uh okay maybe i just drop melee for guilty gear no you sorry dude you can never do that you'll always love melee uh two i want to see him be positive on mango and ibw and these sound really doable but He's lost a lot of recent sets to both of them. A lot of doable sets. He gets, <laughs> he loses a lot of game vibes to Mango, and he loses some 
pretty swingy sets to IBW. I think he's like one in three with IBW, as crazy as that sounds. Um, and I think that these are both doable. I think he's a player who, any given chance, he's got a chance to win the set, but it just has swung out of his favor almost every single time they played recently. So that would be something that would really put me in good faith uh, when talking about Leffen's ability to do well in 2022 is the ability to be positive off of both of those two players. Uh, and then, hey, the next one I'm going to say, you might as well put him number one because having all these these three things would probably be the candidate of a number one player. I want him to go positive on Zane. I don't want him to take a set off Zane. I don't want him to take, I don't want him to go even with Zane. I want him to be positive off, off of Zane with Zane. Uh, and I think that that is so going to be so incredibly hard. Uh, but that is like the true, the true test for Leffen going to 2022. Uh, this is kind of the thing that I think that's the question when going into prospective bracket paths, right? Like he can win a super major. I don't, I was going to put win a super major. I think he can do that. I don't think that's like a goal that's out of his, that's like unachievable. Um, but any super major path that has Zane in it, the question will always be, can he beat Zane? Uh, and if he's able to be positive on Zane, that would be, that'd be like number one territory stuff. Um, so that's, that's what I have for him. I don't think it'll be easy. Uh, and <laughs> You know, if if he's able to do it, I, I think that that is the makings of a legitimate number one player in in most years. Um, but but that's it for that. Is it weird that we did resolutions for top players that aren't ourselves? Possibly. But uh, <laughs> you have any resolutions you want to share? Maybe we'll get into it. We we got a little, we got one more segment to go, and then we can get into the fun stuff. Um, so we have to. <laughs> a very unfun segment before we get there. Uh, and this doesn't have to be that long, but I do want to pick your brain on this, uh, Justin. Sure. Because, um, you know, in a normal, uh, year, uh, we would be talking about the function too. Yeah. Which was shaping up to be, uh, like a, a goddamn major. Uh, yes. Unfortunately, the, uh, the function two is not coming up in January. No. The function two is going to be in April, I believe. Uh, it is in April on a date that I do not know if it is publicly announced yet or not, but it will be in April. Uh, so we'll be seeing that later. And obviously, you know, the, the reason why there's this push, uh, is because of Omicron. And I, I think that COVID in general, like, I don't need to explain COVID to anyone, but it's been this kind of thing that we have not really known where it's taking us. Uh, and we are in a part of the, the COVID life cycle that I think is a little harder to wrap your head around than, than what we've been dealing with for the past year or so. Um, we kind of knew when it was bad, that it was bad. And we kind of knew that when we had the vaccine, that it was a little better. Um, we're kind of running to this thing where people are kind of taking it a little uh, lightly. And then people are kind of taking it really, really seriously. Um, and it is unfortunate to bring up how melee relates to this. But I mean, this is a melee podcast. This is our lives. And as we go into a new year, we obviously look forward to some of the biggest tournaments of the year. This was supposed to be such a big year and I think still will be. Um, but we are looking down the barrel of the, like the landmark major Genesis. And I think there's just a lot of uncertainty that's going on. Um, so I want to talk to you about this. You are someone who, a TO who had to deal with an event like that. Um, yes. Do you want to talk on like how to run melee during this time period? So I guess I'll talk about a couple of things in regards to the function against Genesis running locals and I guess what to do in the future. Because I've actually been on a uh, podcast about this before already uh, earlier in the year when events are starting to come back. 
So first of all, um, the function is specifically being postponed and not canceled. We don't believe, I mean, if the prospects of COVID do get worse and it looks like we're going to be in a situation similar to this for the next couple of months, then obviously we'll postpone again. But I think that it just looks as a result of Omicron and all the uncertainty in regards to it, as well as the increasing rate of spreading and seeming just just getting past the vaccines in some in some isolated cases, especially with what happened at Smash World Tour, where a handful of prominent community members who were double vaccinated and sometimes boosted. This mm-hmm. is, by the way, I am not an anti-vaxxer. Get your vaccination, get boosted. <laughs> um, but we're still able to get the vaccine or not vaccine, get the virus. And as a result, like I literally went to an escape room with Bambi, Magi, Gingerham, who is a, a Louisiana PR Falcon player, and Spark. And I was in this uh, escape room with them for about an hour and thirty or an hour, and I was in the lobby with them for forty minutes. And then we went to my hotel room and we played melee until five a.m. And then the next day, Bambi posts that he couldn't smell anything, and he was double vaccinated. And I don't know if he was boosted or not, but the point is like. As large events continue to happen, cases like this will continue to happen. And with the function itself, we are very, very thankful that our venue is understanding and they allowed us to postpone. We don't have like a, a deep contract lock with them that caused us to lose a lot of money. I know that a lot of there is a lot of discourse right now in regards to like on Smash Twitter and Smash community in regards to Genesis and other future majors and saying like we should cancel this event. Why aren't they canceling? Stuff like that. But it's just worth noting that there are contracts and that financial ruin is potentially mm-hmm. possible if these events get canceled. There were 1 million cases reported in the country just of, as of yesterday. New cases, by the way. And it's like, like, object, like, objectively, if you do not want to get sick, don't go to Smash tournaments. But at the same time, if this is your job and you want to take the risk and you feel safe or you are not putting an immunocompromised person at risk, it is your decision whether or not you want to go. I know personally a lot of players who I'm friends with are deciding not to go to Genesis as a result of this. I had never bought a ticket to Genesis thinking this might happen. Um, I know that like the event is going to run amazing as it always does, but I think that if your first priority is safety at this exact moment for the month of January, I would not go to an event. In the future, there, there's uncertainty right now. In regards to if the vaccine becomes, or not vaccine, if the virus, I keep mixing it up. If the virus becomes potentially more lethal, more transmittable, if we need to get another booster shot, if we need to get another vaccine, if they announce the vaccines don't work, if they announce something else, there is a lot of uncertainty in the air. I think that as a priority, Melee is very low on this list, but because it's a Melee podcast, we can discuss it. As of right now, if I'm not mistaken, almost every Tri-State local, if not every Tri-State local, has canceled for the next couple of weeks, including the nightclub, which myself and Robbie run. I would recommend to most locals, if it is within your capability, to do this because you don't want your players to get sick. If you cannot do this and you need to continue running events, social distance when you can, wear masks at all times, even commentators, uh, separate people further apart, desan- like sanitize all the setups, all this, like the normal stuff basically. But I know that a lot of people, as a result of uh, normalization and things becoming less severe have stopped doing this or are more lax i'd say strict uh make your policy stricter definitely keep your players safe if there is a case that a player has caught a virus or something like that please report it if a player has gone we do this for the nightclub actually if a player has caught um has gone to a large event a like a large smash event 
require a COVID test if they want to go to the local. Um, I think that you can't really police people and you also can't like enforce because like people go to large events that aren't necessarily smash events. But if you know someone's been to a smash event, the least you can do is ask them to get a COVID test. Mm -hmm. I think and I hope things will get better in February, but I think the month of January is going to be a little bit quiet and I just wish the best for the Genesis organizers because I can imagine this is not a fun situation for them to be in. If you go to Genesis, please stay safe. Get tested immediately after. Get tested immediately before. If you feel sick, don't go to the venue. Um, if you need to cancel, if it's within your financial capabilities, please consider canceling but not asking for a refund. Uh, I'm sure that financially they are not in the most amazing position right now as a result of all of these refunds that they're giving to international players. Support your scene. That's all I got to say in regards to COVID. You have us silent <laughs> you know what? no I, I think that's a really wonderful um summation of what's kind of been happening recently and and i think that like you you kind of hit the nail on the head right it's it's you are in the pretty lucky position um which some people are to have venues that are willing to deal with this um but this is not something where like the cdc is not asking these events to be closed down right the state's not about to to say that this is uh force majeure as as like you know the hot the hot word for this this type of thing um so this is something where like if you do want to see these events still stick around right you know doesn't necessarily have to be going to genesis 8 uh but there does need to be probably support for this and and the genesis obviously is something that's coming up that's the big thing uh but it's probably the smaller ones that are unable to cancel that are are doing the same thing um that are that are going to be in those situations possibly worse uh, we've seen a lot of stuff that the Smash community has uh, been trying to do. Um, let's make big moves was very, uh, they're, they're very, they're very progressive. I'll, I'll say in the, in the way that they are combating this, um, to a point where like, if I mean, I'm not planning on going to an ultimate major or something, but if I were, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, something that seems like you know pretty difficult to end up going to but that might you know, by virtue that might mean it's a little safer you have to have uh i believe a negative pcr test from that week uh and it's just something where like you're getting to the logistics of uh of what we have in terms of testing right it's it's like you know if you are not able to get a test then that probably means that you shouldn't be going to anything um I know that myself, it's been pretty hard to get a PCR test, and it's been somewhat difficult to get uh, the at-home test, but I was able to get a few. Uh, that's how I knew that I was negative, or, yeah, negative from a special tour. Uh, but I know it's not incredibly feasible for people to get multiple at-home tests or at-home tests and PCRs and stuff like that. Um, so if you're not able to do that wherever you are, it's probably just a better idea to not go. Uh, but yeah, that being said, you know, hopefully this is something that does not continue to affect uh, melee as we go forward. And fun episode. Uh, maybe maybe we don't continue the bummer segment that much longer. But Edwin, if, if there's something you wanted to say, you know, obviously yeah. you, you're pretty smart on this. Yeah, I mean, the the only thing I I would say is that like, look, I know it really sucks to not um, to be really excited for big events that are coming. Uh, I, you know, just, I, I don't have the same kind of expertise on this topic, you know, from a TO perspective as obviously Dark Gen X does, but, but something I'd add is that, you know, I, I was looking forward to going 
to Genesis. You know, me and a bunch of the Melee Stats people, we included uh, Ambi, Ambi also. We really wanted to, you know, this this would have been our first super major in about like two years, maybe a bit longer than that for all, all three of us being at a tournament together. Um, it, you know, we, we really wanted to do more like live content to kind of like, we, we had a lot of ideas for how we wanted to, how we wanted to contribute to like events coverage and whatnot, you know, from a melee stats angle. And it, it really sucks not being able to do that for this month. But, you know, like at the end of the day, the, the situation is what it is out, outside of melee. Um, you know, we, we've said this many times before. We even say it in one of our videos, you know, like melee is a small corner of the world, but like it's it doesn't operate independently from everything else. In, in many ways, it's it's not only affected by everything else, but it's shaped by everything else. So like it's it's worth kind of a like understanding that and as much as it's a buzzkill to not be able to go to events or to have to cancel like like i had to cancel going to genesis um you know like sometimes you know like the a decision might be hard but the but the answer for what the right thing to do is not is not necessarily difficult to find out and if if at the end of the day you're comfortable going to an event and like you understand the risks associated with it you know that is your decision but at least uh, i i would feel remiss if i didn't if I didn't, you know, in, in this segment say that I really strongly suggest anyone for who, who has to at least like travel to the event or go long distance that you re reconsider. And, and if you're able and if you're able to afford, you know, just not going, but to make sure TOs get get funded for the event, you know, like that, that'd be great, too. But at the least, you know, if you really are worried about safety, I would I would strongly suggest not going. Well, Dark Genix, you were asking when the fun bits come, and now that we got that out of the way, uh, you know, we, we have we're, we're nearing the end of the show. Um, we have two more things that we want to do before we end up, uh, you know, finally leaving. Uh, we've got a really short patron question section. Uh, awesome. I've got two. Awesome. I've got two. Answer them. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I think I don't know how long these will be, but uh, sure. Yeah, feel free. Uh, okay. This is from Anaconda. What's your favorite Hbox pop off? Uh, favorite Hbox pop off is probably remember the fucking name. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that that's a good is... one. That one is that's a great I, one. I think that people would go to I'm Hbox bitch uh, or whatever the recent one versus Aklo is during the three the three beat. <laughs> uh, but there's there's like a lot that you know. There's a well of, of a wealth of um of depth <laughs> to, to all the pop offs mm -hmm. he has uh so yeah I, I like you kind of digging a little deeper but yeah that's a great one uh and then from chroma what's your history with roblox my history you want the actual full history i'll give i'll give you the uh, actual full history if you want it <laughs> give maybe us the want, tldr maybe we'll have you on another time just <laughs> okay tldr um so i was sick uh i was very sick you were uh, sick you stuck, still are dude stuck, i'm appreciated stuck at home this was i think 2011 or 2010 I was in middle school and I wanted, to, and I was very into dead rising, but I never played the game. I just liked looking at videos of it and I wanted to I play see. it when I was home. So I looked up free dead rising game and I found Roblox and I played it. And then I didn't play Roblox for a year plus. I think I started playing it again because it was a transformers event happening and I got a little bit more into the game. And then I started getting into both the trading community as well as the retexturing community. Um, as I started gaining like just, talking with more people there and gaining notoriety as a result of me trading items and making retextures that got published by the uh, Roblox admins in a similar vein to how Valve 
publishes items for TF2 um, or CSGO skins. Back in the day, you had to have it verified by an admin. Nowadays, you don't have to do that anymore. You can just have it yourself or you can just publish by yourself if you're selected by the admins. But back in the day, it was a kind of like a big deal if you got your items published by admins for like use on the Roblox site. So yeah, um, basically as a result of that, I went to a bunch of Roblox developer conferences and became friends with a lot of like the top Roblox people at the time, a lot of whom either stopped playing the game or are like superstar celebrities now. And that is the main, my relationship with Roblox. I did that until around 2016 when I stopped basically anything in regards to the site. I still stop with a couple people from there. But I don't really like go on Roblox, play the game, interact with the community, etc. Um, it's actually interesting because like I've definitely seen a lot of talk about how Roblox is like blown up recently. It's like it basically started blowing up like super super big right after I left. As a result of that, a lot of the items that I kept are now worth like significantly more amounts of money. Um, but there are definitely people who have thought that like okay, I made a lot of money off of Roblox as a kid, or like I there was a clip of Slime talking about it where he said I was a Roblox slumlord. Uh, in a joking manner, of course, but a Roblox slumlord who exploited kids for money. Uh, I definitely was one of the kids who was exploited for money. Um, but my relationship with the site has been relatively fine. Um, David Mizuki, who is the CEO of Roblox, he wrote me a college recommendation letter. So I, I can't <laughs> complain very much. Yeah, I'm dead serious. I cannot complain at all. So, you gotta be uh, What? I'm not, I'm not kidding at all. So I didn't yeah. know that. Wow. So I cannot complain at all. I am very, very happy with my time on Roblox, and I don't think I don't know where I'd be without it. It's definitely shaped a lot of my middle and high school years. So that is my full relationship with the site. That's great to hear. How much bape did you buy because of Roblox money? I am not inclined <laughs> to answer that at this moment. Okay, but, we'll have you on another episode, yeah. and I'll get a patron to ask it, and then we'll see if, if I'm wearing Y three right now. This is this uh fuzzy like velvety jacket is y3 did roblox pay for this maybe okay i'll figure it out one day uh <laughs> what a what a wild story um uh, you know what I, I really didn't know i i didn't know a lot about your connection to roblox but i just assumed it to be kind of weird and crazy um and even then the idea that the the ceo of roblox that the, the idea that the CEO of Roblox wrote a college recommendation letter for you, that uh, I didn't expect that. Uh, but that's that's really great. Um, well, I think we're, we're kind of speeding along here. We're running to, you know, coming up on the two-hour mark, so we're running to the end of the show. We're running to uh, probably what is one of the most everyone's favorite segment. Uh, of course, this is the unnamed segment of the show, but fans will commonly refer to it as Touch and Grass. Uh this segment you've been here before so you know mm -hmm. the drill but this is a segment where we kind of talk about stuff that has been going on in our lives recently that has not been melee related we're kind of seen you know we, we talk so much about melee <laughs> we spent two hours talking about it already um uh, but we have a lot of stuff going on of course we're multifaceted human beings so this is a great uh, uh time to shine a light on what else is going on so i'll go first you know obviously for Edwin and I, we had a two-week break um, since our last episode, so there's a little more to talk about, but uh, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, I guess I'll have to say I had a lovely holiday, you know, let's say all that, but uh, <laughs> I saw No Way Home. I saw Spider-Man No Way Home, nice. and then because of that, which is, a, you know, I will say it was a good movie. Uh, because of that, I searched out the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies because I had not seen them probably since I was like 12. So, you know, 14 years or so. Um, 
and I watched them. They're very, very good. I was only able to watch the first two. I did not watch the third one, uh, which I saw in theaters. So I, oh, that counts. Um, yeah, they're very, very good. They hold up, and it was refreshing to see something that does not feel like it has the same structure of the MCU. That being said, in terms of content that I uh, consumed over the past two weeks, Spider-Man by hour was probably the most substantive. But by how it affected me and changed the course of my life, it's not Toby, it's not Tom, it's not Andrew, it's not any of the Spider-Man. The, the, the content... The person who made the content that I watched this past couple weeks that affected my life most goes by Iman. And I'm talking about Pokimane. I have been watching, unironically, a lot of Pokimane VODs and a lot of Pokimane streams. Um, I don't know what I can say, but I, I she makes great content. I want to be clear that I'm, I'm watching for the, the content. No one, no one think that it's anything else. Don't get it twisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the content. I I I am deadly serious. <laughs> I like. Yeah. I, I, she she made. It's all she's, part of the plan. She's a great content creator. Um, I suggest watch any of her unbanned videos. <laughs> I I literally feel like a like a thirteen year old. You know, recommending Pokemon videos, but she's a consummate entertainer. She's a great performer. It's very funny to see her read out some of these very weird fan requests. And uh, I think she plays off it great. Uh, I also want to introduce before before we end this, my little segment here, um, before I throw it over. I said this to the Patreon, to the to the patron chat that we have in Discord, uh, and no one bit. <laughs> but I have the the tip money. I have to get the tip jar function on Twitter, and any tips I get on Twitter will go towards a nest egg to buy Pokemon merch. I nice. I will not use this for anything else. Uh, it will not give me food or shelter. Uh, it will give me uh, Pokemon merch. So if you want to see me rocking a fresh uh, Pokey sweater or something at, at the next major that I'm at, uh, that would be the way to do it. Twitter.com slash wheat That little money button. Um, Edwin, what's been going on with you recently? So I've been... Uh... I've been replaying The Witcher 3. It's been a while since I played it. I, I beat the game in like 2017 or so. Uh, I just went back to revisiting it because I saw the uh, new season of The Witcher on TV and thought it was awful. And so it was just like, it was it was so bad it made me want to replay Witcher 3. So I've been playing it again. But uh, obviously, you know, the, the time which I played Witcher 3 um, was a very different time than where I am right now. So playing through the game, I, I have a bit more of a critical eye um, not just for the gameplay, but for elements of the storytelling. And uh, one thing I want to mention, you know, before I say everything else, I love the Witcher series. I think it's a, I think it's a really good series. I, re- I really like the game. I love the characters in it. I, I'm very invested in the relationships with each other. I think it is a really good series. There's just like a few things in it that I think, like at its core sort of embody the time period in which the books and the short stories came out. And I think like in general, one of an increasingly a uh, big pet peeve of mine in media is when like gritty stories are told about fantastical worlds 
that get boiled down to this like incredibly reductive idea of like human nature being inherently selfish and like this being applied flatly in every single situation is just like it bothers me more and more because it's like we're talking about a world where there's like magic we're talking about a world in which like yes it, there's like feudalism but there's so much potential for like all these completely like the these completely like universe changing elements and like dynamics to it and there's a lot of interesting potential in the way that that can impact human beings relationships with each other in unique ways i think an example of a story that does this really well is looper which is a which is an old old <laughs> movie from like the early 2010s it's it's a little a little sluggish around the end it doesn't quite all add up but i think the way that looper uh shows time travel and how its impact on human relationships and how it uses that as a medium to explore like generational trauma is really interesting because it's taking something specific to the universe and using it to explore this concept in a new new way the witcher is really good at a lot of things but i don't think it does this very well I think it happens to have a lot of magic. It happens to a lot of have really cool fantasy elements, but like so many of the stories within The Witcher and so many which in the so much of the quests and character building and like the quote unquote lessons of The Witcher all boil down to this extremely flat, reductive view of human nature, which I think is like I think it's really a shame because I can imagine it a like period of time in fantasy and fiction storytelling where that'd be edgy and where that'd be really cool but you know in, in 2022 I, I think like we got to be a little more creative about this stuff and i'm i'm saying this as someone who really likes the witcher and a, as someone who who lo who like loves the series i think uh you know it's it's forced me to think you know like right working on films with my friends and everything like makes me think of stories a lot more critically and this is something that i increasingly have like low tolerance for so the next time you see something or consume like gritty media that boils down to like some incredibly reductive like view of human nature or human beings only being or primarily being uh, like driven by self-interest, it's just it's just not interesting. Like you got to link it to something in the universe that tells something unique about human beings. I, I don't know. This isn't. Those are just my, th I, again, I'm saying this is a big fan of The Witcher, but this is just kind of like something I'm noticing more and more in the series and in other series like, like it, which is beginning to kind of tire me out a little bit. You messaged me about Looper, and I, I don't think I responded, uh, but you messaged me this whole paragraph, this like wall of text, and then you're just like, it was directed by Ryan Johnson. I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very mad that you were speaking to me like that. I know that, that he directed Looper. Uh, no, very, very good movie. Uh, I believe he had the uh, Shane Ruth, I think is his name, the guy from Primer. I think he had him like come in and <laughs> explain like how, how time travel should be done or something. Uh, but yeah, I've not seen The Witcher, but I like Looper. So that was what I got from that. Uh, wonderful to hear from you, Edwin. Hopefully the new year is treating you well. And uh, Dark Gen X, you know, we, we mentioned Roblox. I know that's not something you've been doing recently, but what, uh, what's been going on? You told us, you, you last time you came on here, you had a, another game that you've been playing that you were mm -hmm. doing pretty well in. Yeah. Not so to lead you into something, but. Sure, I, I can talk about that a little bit and I'll go into my stuff. So um, uh, last time I was here, I talked about how I am a top Eternal Return player. Uh, it's a Korean MOBA Battle Royale mix thing. 
And last time I was here, I was trying to push for top 50 because everyone in the top 50 got a free plushie. I unfortunately did not get top 50 that season. I ended at 54. So I did not. I thought it was. So it's actually really funny. The page bugged out and said that I got the plushie, but I actually didn't get the plushie. So I thought I actually got the plushie because people got banned or people cheated or whatever, but I actually didn't get the plushie. So it was like, whoa, I actually got it. And then I actually didn't get it. But whatever. This season, I'm currently 24. Uh, and I've been top 30 this entire season. Uh, actually, if it wasn't for yesterday, I would be 20 right now. So uh, I'm I'm chilling. I made a little bit of a breakthrough in regards to stuff. Uh, the game itself, I do genuinely enjoy it. Every single one of my friends tells me to not play it because they think it's bad for me. And I kind of see what their points with it. But I've been playing a lot of that recently and doing like content for that. Just making like vids. I make a YouTube or not a YouTube Twitter videos and Twitter memes for their official Twitter account, actually. So um, I do that sometimes. I also, as a result of that, I can't really talk about it too much, but I got uh, hired to do social media stuff for an upcoming game that a bunch of esports people, including some players who are in the Smash community and you'd probably be familiar with, but I can't really talk about it to a great extent right now. Um, I'm in a project with them. Wow, so is it Breakneck Emergence? It is not Breakneck Emergence. I can Damn. assuredly say that. But... um. <laughs> Best of luck with fiction, uh, to fiction with that game, though. It looks really sick. I haven't played it myself, but it looks very good. Um, regardless, so I'm doing that. I'm doing social media for that. Um, I've had a pretty hectic last, like, month-ish, because I basically, the late November, I went to Florida, and then I went to Louisiana, and then filmed stuff and ran her subathon and did stuff like that, and then helped with continuing the subathon from Florida, came back to New York, flew to Summit, flew back to New Jersey, stayed in New Jersey for a few days, went back to New York, Went to Florida for Smash, uh, Smash World Tour Finals. Went back to New Jersey for a week. Came back to New York. Went back to New Jersey for a couple of days. And I'm finally back in New York. So I've had a very, very hectic last month. And I'm just just resting. Uh, I've been taking a break from just like video stuff for a little bit. But I've been uh, getting back into it. Brainstorming the uh, next year's videos. Tweet memes, whatever. Uh, working on Magi vids, etc. Um, the one thing I think I do want to bring up that I, is not really in the most people's minds i think two things i think so the first one is um I've been, we've been planning this for like over a year at this point and never got it off the ground but i want to make it one of the i want us to say it so i just get it out there that it's going to happen because i feel like it's never going to happen if i don't end up saying it um we're going to start the njsbm podcast probably um with myself oh. and as, myself and acidics as uh the coasts so i know it's kind of like it's smash related but it's like just something i just want to say that i've been working on because like I do want it to happen at some point. So that'll happen at some point. The second thing that I'm learning. So uh, I don't say this in the form of like Bakami Tai memes where it's like just taking the template of someone's face. I'm learning how to like actually deep fake faces because I have a crazy idea for a meme. And just in general, I think it's like it might be the most intensive thing that I've ever thought like done if i end up doing this correctly and it'll probably take a real long time to do but i just have this idea for like what i think my magnum opus will be and it involves me learning how to actually deep fake so i am learning how to actually deep fake right now i hope it works out well for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're supposed to say to that uh i'm sure it'll be great and uh use your powers for good oh yeah for sure it's not gonna be evil Probably. Well, Dark Gen X, uh, if you do release this deep fake anywhere, where can the people find it? You can find the deep fake and other Dark Gen X content 
um, on twitter.com slash darkgenx, which is my main platform. I have a YouTube channel as well. Uh, I don't post ever on it, but I probably should. I have a TikTok uh, just on everything. If you want a list of my links, darkgenx.com has a very efficient list of links. If I end up streaming this year, twitch.tv slash darkgenxsmash. But most of my stuff is on twitter.com slash darkgenx. I hit 10K followers. Um, hey, hey. So I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, as a, a combination of me doing commentary at Smash World Tour, um, Magi shilling for me a lot during her subathon, which I do appreciate just her and her community for helping out with that as well. And um, there was a giveaway that NYC Melee did. But most people who follow NYC Melee already follow me. So it didn't actually affect me that much. But I did gain like... I was already at 10k from it, but there was a giveaway from there. Also, follow NYC Melee because we we have a lot of really cool things coming up. Um, tomorrow we're actually going to be running the Fight Club, which is going to be a series yeah. of three three exhibition matches with a hundred dollars on the line for all of them. So, tri some of Tri-State's finest players versus some out-of-region people who would like to just challenge us. So, we got three good matches lined up for you guys. Um, it's going to be Albert versus JFlex, uh, JoJo versus Zamu, and Aklo versus Swift. And I think this is going to be a recurring thing. And we've got a couple of other interesting matches uh, planned for the future, including some players who are relatively inactive, some players who are melee stats favorites and hidden bosses. Um, just in general, some interesting matchups that I don't think, some of which have not occurred through the entirety of 2020 or 2021. So check that out for sure. Sounds yeah. great. I cannot wait to see it. Uh, and I cannot wait to see our boy Zamu... I was gonna say win it all. It's not. It doesn't it's work. Literally, like that. it's one. It's one. Yeah, match. It's literally just one. Set. <laughs> match. Yeah, when you're one He's set. gonna win it all. The one. The one. The set one set. Uh, now it's gonna be. It's gonna be super sick. And uh, yeah, if you if you like Twitter content, and you wanna you wanna be following when the big one hits. You might as well just do it now. You might as well follow him over at Dark Gen X. Uh, and then yeah, as for us, if you uh, if. If you like what you're watching, waiting for game, you can catch the R episodes live on twitch.tv slash melee stats. You can uh, watch them over on YouTube at Twitch or at, uh, at uh, Melee Stats Archive on YouTube. And our normal channel, our main channel, Melee Stats over on YouTube, is going to have our long form content. If you, uh, if you want to see what we're up to, you can follow our posts at twitter.com slash melee stats pod tweeting out daily results and links to articles that we put on when uh, on meleestats.co such as when's melee and monday morning marth and if you love everything we do and you just want to support us patreon.com slash melee stats a little rusty should I, we shouldn't take another week off unfortunately the the plugs were the ones that kind of got got the rust but uh we got them out there um here and uh, Edwin, I appreciate you coming on, letting us beat up on you. All I'm at two out of five. Oh my god! <laughs> I got two X's on my card. I'm waiting for my next three. I'm gonna get my. Uh, I forget what the thing was, but I'm gonna get it. Let me know. We're gonna be stuck with online for another like three months. This is the way it's gonna be. What We're a wonderful, what a, what a wonderful message to end this podcast on. So what you're saying is that Summit. We'll use last summit's requirements if everything's online right now. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, you two. <laughs> thanks for being on, guys. And thanks for everyone who's watching. Uh, this has been Waiting for Game, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. See ya.